Well, the Lord's good, isn't he? Amen. Are you ready to receive tonight? Hallelujah. Well, as long as Jesus is here, anything can happen. That's good. Amen. If we believe him. Amen. All things are possible to him that believes. Hallelujah. We're so blessed to have Pastor Debbie and several Bible school students. I didn't get to meet you, but God bless you. Welcome. Good to have you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for what he's doing in this day. Amen. We got the greatest news to share with the world that we could ever have. You know, Jesus is alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. Yes. And Pastor Kevin and Gloria uh, from the river. Amen. They're up from Salem. And uh, praise the Lord. We're glad to have you tonight too. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's, that's receiving mode. <laughs> Get excited about what the Lord's doing. Amen. Well, glory to God. Well, uh, just to make a few announcements, uh, bulletins in the seat in front of you that you can look at. You can see what our vision is here at Abundant Life Family Church. We have a big vision. And uh, you can look through that um, and read that, take that with you. And uh, we appreciate, uh, praise the Lord, just those that made the extra effort. I mean, isn't this been a wonderful week? Yes. Amen. We've been so, so blessed. And we're so, so blessed to have the Moors with us. Glory to God. And, uh, of course, tomorrow night, or tomorrow, we don't have any service. Saturday off, but then Sunday at 10 a.m. and Tuesday, or uh, not, excuse me. Yeah, so Tuesday night's our regular midweek service, but Sunday night at 6 p.m. And so come, bring someone, come expecting, amen. And uh, God is touching people and changing people's lives, amen. And so the best is yet to come, which is so exciting in these last days because Jesus is coming back. I said, the Lord Jesus is coming back. And he's not coming back for a sick or anemic or defeated church, right? He's coming back for living epistles that are alive and empowered by the Holy Ghost to go forth in the power of his spirit. Amen. So we all got a part to play. You have a part to play in these last days, an important part to win people to the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, as I had mentioned before, uh, well, I'll, let me just say this briefly. Uh, the ladies' bathroom is upstairs. The men's is downstairs. And uh, there's a water fountain in the back for those if you need to, to uh, get a little bit to drink. But, uh, amen. Um, I don't think there was anything else I was supposed to say, was I, right now? Other than, uh, of course, later in the evening, we're going to receive, well, Brother Richard's going to receive a love offering. And uh, praise the Lord because we're blessing him and Rhonda too. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, now I'll clear something up from the other night. They really didn't take Greyhound getting up here. <laughs> so <laughs> how many of you ever taken a, uh, uh, a coast-to-coast trip on Greyhound? You'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. <laughs> Amen. No, anyway, but uh, anyway, they came up at their own expense. And uh, praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for all the needs met in their lives and ministry, of course. And uh, we are just so delighted to have them. So that'll happen a little bit later. But as you all well know, we're going to follow the Holy Ghost tonight, as we always do, right? 
And so, Brother Richard, why don't you come on up here? Amen. Amen. Love you, bro. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Man, it's such an honor to be here tonight. And how many, how many here for, well, I know my friends, but how many here for the first time? Raise your hand. First time. Okay, many of you. We're so glad you're here. Where you been? No, I didn't want to. Glad you're here tonight. And um, awesome things have been happening. Amen. How many of you that have been coming, you, you've experienced the Lord in a way you never have before? Raise your hand. Yeah, awesome, awesome. You know, when His presence is present, there's, there's always something going to happen. Amen. That's why Moses said in Exodus 33, I'm only going to be where your presence is. Amen. But isn't, isn't it a shame to, to, in the modern day church is that people, know, they know more about hype and entertainment than they do the very presence of the Lord. Amen. They know more about smoke machines than they do the, the wave of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, well, uh, uh, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, 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 I was, I was just looking, Bro, brother, uh, brother Steve, and I know you're back there working the, uh, computer, but I want you to come up here. And where's, where is, where, where's Andy? Is he here tonight? Adam? He's not here yet. Oh, I know traffic is crazy, but this is, many are looking awful pink tonight. I like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is, this is, it's just obviously Stephen, you know, the pastor's son, but the Lord's been touching you, hasn't he, this week? Mm-hmm. And the Lord touched you last night, didn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's gonna touch me tonight. Yeah, see, that's how you have to be. So, just, just, just share what's been, what happened, what's been happening. Um, so, <laughs> I just come every service expecting God to to move in my life, and I'm not, I'm gonna leave different than when I came. And I walked up here, and the power of God was, it was like a brick wall, and I knew there was no turning back. But I mean, wow, the Lord's gonna hit me tonight stronger than ever and everyone should be expecting that they everyone should be leaving drunk okay <laughs> and the holy ghost of course but i'm just i'm so thrilled i'm so pumped up you know i'm god's moving and we're moving with him so but something's been happening here isn't it oh yeah you know i've been having a f- <laughs> i <laughs> i've <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the fire of God has been burning in my stomach the past couple of days and I haven't felt that in a while and I just been believing God I just been believing God you know fill me up fill me up fill me up and that's what he's doing and I've it's just different it's different. People on my work notice there's a different light about you. I haven't seen that before. And I'm like, well, thank you, Lord. You're going to see it too in yourself. And they're coming tonight. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. The power of God's going to hit them strong. And then thank you. Oh, man. And I- <laughs> Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Man, I, you're, you're too tall. My arms are <laughs> come down like that. So we'll be like that. <laughs> So you, you, you've invited, so every, everybody where you, are they here yet? They're on their way. They're on their way. They're on their way. And I'm, one's 
One's a Catholic, and he got scared when we invited him last service, but thank you, Lord, he's going to be out here under the power of God, and he's going he's gonna to be all for Jesus. That's what I'm believing God for, all three of them. Oh, she got all three of them coming. All three of them. So thank you, Jesus. They're going to come here, and they're going to be touched by God in a way they've never seen before. So I believe it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, buddy. <laughs> You know, I'm going to do something tonight I haven't done. Actually, in all the years of ministry, which is 35 this year, I've done this. Well, it started last year, and I did it twice last year, and that's the first time ever, I think. Maybe one other time, but I'm going to, I'm going to, jeez, <laughs> i got to look this way. My, my dear, dear friend's here, and she's so full of the Holy Ghost, and I just look over at her, and I just want to start drinking, man. <laughs> We have Pastor Debbie. She's she's my wife and and I's dear dear friend. And um, just come and sit in the back. And uh, there, um, she's got a great church. And outside of what's well, not Aberdeen, what is it? Elmer. 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 And and. Um, but we have done, we have done many, many, many revivals together over the, for over twenty years. Uh, my wife and I, and, and Pastor Debbie, and and um, we've had, man, we've we've had a lot of things happen. From I remember one time we did a camp meeting, and <laughs> we did, we did we did a camp meeting in Houston. And, of course, she'd been in the area a lot, and I've been in the area a lot, and I had three churches that was going to come, and she had people come in, and, and uh, we invited, uh, we flew in, actually, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, and, um, and so we're going to do this camp meeting, and, um, you know, it's amazing how, you know, people aren't, I, I, here's what I find, people aren't people of their word. And you can't, be a, you can't be a person of faith if you're not going to be a person of your word. Amen? If you tell somebody you're going to do something, you know, do it. And if you can't, just at least call them and tell them. Give them the courtesy of calling them. Amen? And, um, and so anyway, we was going to do this camp meeting and her people didn't come. Well, she had some flaky people come. <laughs> My people weren't flaky, but her people were flaky, but the, then they actually left after the first service. But, and so we was going to do this camp meeting, and, man, we, and we rented the hall, probably seated, I don't know, 100 people, I can't remember. But anyway, the first service, <laughs> and five people there. <laughs> that might be stretching it. And... Uh, <laughs> And then we actually flew Rodney, Pastor Rodney in, and, and of course, when he came in, of course, it was, you know, you know, we had to deal with, you know, we had to deal with, uh, you know, a complex, we get a complex, you know, inferiority complex, because there's five people there. Then he comes in, the place is packed, so we're thinking, oh, man, because he pumped up the meeting, man, it's going to be full the next, 
I mean, the next morning, <laughs> come back the next morning, just, I think there's like three. And, <laughs> and, and, and we had a budget of 20 grand. We had a budget of 20 grand. But you know, the, but you know what, when the, when the gift of faith, I, I tell you, it's the same thing was in me when I shared the other night when I was in Russia and, and they told me I wouldn't get to Russia. But the gift of faith dropped in me. I, the same thing happened. You know, when we met the budget that night and uh, oh, we, that week, we met the budget that week. And um, then we was in another church, um, my wife and uh, Pastor Debbie, we were in another church in, in um, Georgia, outside of Columbus, Georgia. And, uh, you know, you know the, the, the people, I mean, they, you know, the people, isn't it amazing how people want to shut something down over just one or two people? The masses love the meetings. It's always just one or two controlling religious person and most of the time they got money and uh and of course you know they 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 liked me they didn't like debbie and uh and so they 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 we called it we called it the sanhedrin and so that we got called in you know they wanted to meet with us because we was going to go a second week and and they wanted to meet with us and we were all willing really ready to meet with them wasn't we sweetheart and we was going to meet with them and then pastor you know he said it ain't worth it and and um, I'm just thinking of all that. So much going because we've done so many meetings together, and um, just you know, just awesome, awesome things. And she's an awesome friend, an awesome pastor. And uh, <clears throat> would you do go, go, go get my testimony? I want to hear my testimony from Benny Hens. Well, it's on YouTube. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll I'll find it. But I shared your testimony the other night. I think I butchered it. And, um, but I tell you, God's, God's so, I, I can, I can look for it because I'm going to have Pastor Debbie come share and uh, I want to share a testimony. But, you know, how many, how many, how many, let me ask you a question. How many have been hurting? How many, how many of you faced a lot of things in life? I, I tell you what, yeah, almost everybody in here. And you know what? And, um, you know, I find that people still carry things and, you know, and, and God so touched her life. In an awesome way. I just wanted to share a testimony. I shared, I shared about, but you tell it again. I shared about how you're driving your car and going sideways down the road because your son drove it off a cliff. And, you know, and I talked about your husband left you and you've got this church and four kids. And, you know, and she'd been to, she'd been three kids. Well, maybe I'm prophesying. And, <laughs> and <laughs> And, um, and so the three of us, we've done lots of meetings together. And I don't know what she's going to do, but I just, you know, she just take off. She, she's a preacher machine. And uh, she's been, you've been, what a, I, we've been to 55 nations of the world. You've been to 50, 46 nations of the world and, um, and many, many more times than that. We've been to like 50, we've been to 55 nations of the world like 100 times. And um, she's got a great church. And, um, and, but her testimony is so powerful. I mean, I mean, in, in the natural, I also shared about, and I told, I told pastor who it was, but I also shared about how the pastor told you that it was, you know, you're a woman right. and just give it up, you know, <laughs> and, um, but you know what, when she's, she's so anointed, but just, I want you to just come and just preach, pray, prophesy, and, and I'm going to go look for something while, while you just. <laughs> okay, thank you so much.
Well, first of all, let me say it's just an honor to be here, pastors and in your church and and uh, with a bunch of hungry, thirsty people, because you can feel that in the atmosphere when people are making a demand on the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So as you've already heard Steve say, as I just heard his name, if you come expectant, you are not going to leave empty. It's those who hunger and thirst after righteousness who shall be filled. So it's not if you're sitting in the right chair tonight, if you're the lucky number, you are the one who is the deciding factor. God always wants to move. The, the pastors always want a move. The evangelists, unless there's something big time wrong with them, came here because they want a move of the Holy Ghost. So when you decide you're hungry and thirsty, it's going to happen tonight. And, you know, so many memories going through my head as they were talking, too. The only reason in Georgia we got called in is because they actually said on charges of heresy, it's because Richard is a heretic, that we all had to go in the... No, no. <laughs> I thought I'd play, you know, get back here. But, no, even with all those kinds of, you know, of course, he didn't really have time to finish that story. We had a wonderful move of God in spite of two or three people that on the board that wanted to to really stop things and everywhere we've been we've had a move of god even in houston when he talked about with those small crowns it built and we had a move of god and um but it's an honor for like revivalists to come together because one can put a thousand to flight and two will put 10,000 to flight. So when you get a group of us like this in the same room and the holy ghost is here, my goodness. Anything can happen. Well, as he said, I, I wish, is that on tape? I'd like to hear him given my testimony. I think that would be, that would be great because I said, I have given his many places all over the world, not just over the country. Has he already shared with you about the fire of God touching him? Not shared that? Oh, well, I better not do it in case you're going to do it tonight. But put it this, but put it this way. When I get to a certain part where the fire of God, when he tells it, the fire of God engulfs him. And that's natural because it's his testimony. And when you're talking about something that happened to you and you get to that point in the testimony, that same fire comes back on you. You step in and step over. But because it's not my testimony, I've always been able to give it without that happening. But here I was in this very state many years ago, Oregon City. And I go to give his testimony. And when I get to the part where he goes, F -f -f, I usually just fake that. The, the, I mean, I mean, same Richard went, f, f, but when I got to the, f, all of a sudden I couldn't speak and they saw my face get red and ushers came running up behind me and they all fell out. And, and I mean, we just had a pile of ushers and, and I'm shaking at the pulpit like this and they thought, dear God, she's about ready to go down. So, um, other people came and they all fell out. And eventually I fell out and the pastor thought, well, my goodness, my evangelist is on the floor. I better take over. He came up and fell out. <laughs> and while we were all on the floor that night, I hadn't even gotten into a message. I was just starting on what happened to Richard. Ah, as we were all on the floor that night, from the floor, I began to hear this. My cancer just fell off. My blind eyes were just opened as people began to shout all over that place. And you could hear everybody running. My deaf ears just opened up. 
There wasn't a one of us ministers doing anything except getting out of the way of the Holy Ghost as the fire of God just did everything that he needed to do that night, that the Holy Spirit needed to do that night. And so as I've shared his testimony all over, I've never known him to share mine, so I got a kick out of that when he said he did. But um, and another thing, and you don't mind us just reminiscing a little bit because we don't ever all get together like this too often anymore, but... Um, years ago, he started teasing and calling me Amy for Amy Simple McPherson. So I'd tease back and I'd say, okay, Smith for Smith Wigglesworth. And so when he said, I gave your testimony, I thought, oh my goodness, we're not going to know who's Smith and who's Amy and, and who's doing what after a while. Did the fire come on me or you? Are you the one who, who had the car that went off the cliff or was it me or was it? But seriously, when we come together in the move of the Holy Ghost, all of our experiences come with us, but it always ends up being this. You could summarize everybody's testimony is without him. I know nothing can do nothing and have nothing, but in him, I live and move and have my being and can do all things and know all things and have all things. And as he shared, I'll just allude to some parts of the testimony. First, I'll straighten up that I only have three kids, but, after, <laughs> but, um, here I was, Rayma graduate, and I, as I always put it, got an A in the test, all the tests. Well, really prided myself in that perfect 4.0, not that Rayma's Harvard or anything, but it was just important to me to, to really study, to show myself a workman who needeth not to be ashamed. And, and, um, and so I thought I had those principles down because I didn't miss an A in the test or miss a question on the test. And um, so after I graduated from Rayma, and went up to Alaska and began pastoring this, uh, as an Alaska missionary, this small church out in the middle of nowhere, which gave me practice for pastoring a small church out in the middle of nowhere of Washington. <laughs> and, uh, but as, as, <laughs> and then we traveled the world, we're back to a small church in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and, uh, but we're getting ready to launch something in Olympia, though, in the capital. We're just going to take on that liberal head of... Anyway, I better get off that, or I'll just start prophesying there. But um, it's time the Northwest becomes the Bible Belt instead of, the, instead of this, this um, you know, well-protecting, white-owl-protecting, tree-hugging, same-sex marriage, all the other things we're known for pot smoking, whatever. It's time the Northwest stands for the truth of the word of God and for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So when I got up to Alaska, um, sure enough, uh, the, you know, the day I met my worship leader, I heard the Holy Ghost say on the inside, be careful here. And, um, but I tried to, you know how you have a thought that you just go, no, I rebuke that in Jesus name, even though later I realized, of course it was the Holy Spirit. But so my husband ended up having an affair with my worship leader, and and uh, and I remember the last day of finding them in bed together, and the next morning, he grabbed me and began one last abusive session. He had already <clears throat> laid a hand on me many times, cheated on me many times, and a whole lot of other stuff in between over a course of 18 years, but I was trying to hang in there. And that morning when I just didn't even think I could go on, I heard the Holy Spirit say, enough is enough. You don't have to live this way anymore. And, uh, and of course, that's not what I recommend to anyone when the Holy Spirit says you, you stay and you intercede. But in my case, he knew that he had a choice to make and he had made his choice. 
And so, but when you find yourself 5,000 miles away from home, I originally come from Nebraska, from the Midwest, and, and um, <laughs> you got this little church, your worship leaders just run off with your husband. You have nothing. I mean, on Alaskan cost of living, I was only bringing in $1,000 a month from that little church with three kids, and that was the highest cost of living in the country. And the humiliation of everything. We were living in an old trailer. You probably told that. And we're living in the middle of a trailer in, in this town of 300 that my fuel oil costs more than the rent of the trailer costs. And, you know, it was, it was a, a particularly rough Alaskan winter in uh, those years of we got up there in 90. In fact, they had to cancel church my first week up there. And Alaskans never cancel because of a blizzard. But in October, the first week of October, we had a blizzard where we had eight feet of snow. Uh, it was above my, my window in the trailer. And, um, and so here I am now. He's gone out the door with another woman. I got three kids to raise by myself. And I'm thinking, it wasn't supposed to go this way, Lord. I've known you since I was a little girl, baptized in the Holy Ghost at the age of 12, started preaching about that age, and had been to three Bible schools. And I went, Lord, I'm a faith person. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I wouldn't even date anyone unsaved in high school as a cheerleader, keeping myself pure and, and uh, waiting for God's man of faith and power. So I had this real little season, thank God it was little, of self-pity, feeling sorry for myself, and I noticed it got me nowhere, absolutely nowhere, is it? That's, that's the only place that will take you, self-pity and self-righteousness. And I didn't realize how engulfed I was in it until one day I finally came to myself and looked at all the library books on my shelf of Wigglesworth and Amy Simple McPherson and Catherine Kuhlman and Charles Finney and John G. Lake and all these great revivalists that I have fed on all of my life. And I looked at him and said, Lord, I'm tired of reading these books and rereading them. And I'm tired, quite frankly, of hearing Brother Hagen's stories, as wonderful as they are. That does me no good. I've got to see the reality right now. I wasn't born in Amy's time and even Catherine's time. Lord, this has to work for me. Why is the book of Acts still in my Bible just to make me drool? And so I remember kneeling down on that kitchen floor. And the interesting thing is I got an opportunity to go back up to Alaska and actually hold revival just a few years ago. And uh, I went out there and visited that old trailer. And drug dealers now have it. And so there's no doors on it or anything. I was able to walk in the kitchen and remember where I knelt down. And remember where I knelt down and said, God, I need you to be so real to me. I don't care what you do, even if I never preach again, because the preachers were coming out of the woodwork to tell me it was all over for me. Even preachers who had never heard me preach or knew nothing about me, except that she's going through the big D word in church, divorce. And, and, um, and they just, you know, Richard alluded to it a little earlier that one of the faith guys that I had never met, but I had heard a lot of him. Uh, I, I visited a service where he was ministering, great anointing, got invited out to lunch with the preachers afterwards, and that already helped my spirits because I had been basically shunned like somebody with leprosy because of what I was going through because of my husband. And so I thought, wow, I'm invited out to lunch. This is awesome. And um, I said, sir, could I ask you a couple of practical questions because I knew he traveled the world. and and I was already going to the Alaskan bush as a missionary out to all the outlying areas. And I said, can I ask you some things about how you get your plane tickets? And I didn't ask him, am I called? Should I be preaching? 
But he said, I know you're not asking me this, and I'm not prophesying. At least, thank God he said that. And he said, I'm just giving my opinion. But he said, I heard what happened to your family. Just forget this. He said, first of all, Alaska is very cold. (laughs) Now, he didn't live there. He lived in a nice, comfortable temperature place and came up to hunt and fish, as many preachers do when they go to Alaska, and preach on a weekend to help pay for your hunting and fishing trip. I had been going out to the villages where it was 50 and 60 below zero without the wind chill factor, laying on the village floors, and now I needed a visiting evangelist to say Alaska's cold. (laughs) But, you know, whoever's going to bring you revelation, I guess, you know. And then he said, number two, you are a woman. And I've said many times, I wish I would have got up and went in front of a mirror and went, oh, I am. I forgot. Thank God you came along to point out, you know, some things that have never even gone through my head. But I didn't, you know. I mean, I'm having fun with it now. But but um, he said, you're a woman and you're up in a cold place. And you already say you go out to villages where sometimes nobody even picks you up. And what if you get out there and you starve to death or freeze to death? This was a faith preacher. I'm glad I didn't run into a doubt and unbelief preacher. And, and uh, he said, what if you get out there? And you, you freeze to death. And you, then your kids will have no parents. And just go home and be a mom. And number three, here's the third reason you can't do what you believe you're called to do. He said, you have no husband. I mean, the revelation was just flooding me that day. It was just like, and, and so now that I knew that I was a woman, now that I knew that my husband was gone, now that I knew that Alaska was cold, things I never realized up until that moment, <laughs> He said, I know I haven't heard you minister, but just forget this. Go home and be a mom. Get your kids around grandparents back in Nebraska and just forget this call of God thing. And everything I had been through for 18 years did not compare to that moment. At that moment, I honestly felt like I fell off a wall and hit cement and the wind was knocked out of me, almost like I couldn't breathe. And I thought, this man was anointed. I've just been in his service. The the service was great. And since I was this high... I had a respect for men and women of God, especially under the anointing. It's like, man, he's anointed, and he just told me to forget it. Have, have I, been, my whole life, have I thought up this call of God? An anointed man of God told me it's all over. And it's the only time in my life that I came this close to throwing in the towel. But thank God for a wonderful couple in my church that were my right hands in the church. And... Uh, uh, they ended up saying, oh, the, the woman did, her name is Edna, um, Katie DeVries Holm married to Pastor Todd Holmes. Um, it's her dad and stepmom, and, and um, Edna grabbed me. She's been the Republican Party's national chairperson. She's been mayor a bunch of times. She's mayor again right now. She's been the state senator of Alaska. She's a strong lady, ran a real estate business, ran all these different companies at the same time, and she grabbed me, and she shook me, and I was her pastor, but I'm getting used to anything by now. Faith preachers telling me I'm going to freeze and starve, and my parishioner shaking me (laughs) but she said she said listen to me she said the moment you walked in this little church and opened your mouth we looked at each other and said oh there's anointing here like we've never heard this lady's going all over the world and we're going to help her get there and she said yes that man is anointed yes it was a good service but he told you he wasn't prophesying this is important people 
Because we got a bunch of people in the body of Christ chasing after people for prophetic words when we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. We don't have to go to the prophet to find our donkeys anymore. And uh, so she said, he just missed it here. He's never heard you minister. He's just gone by what he's heard. She said, I want you to go to our house, take the phone off the hook. And when you do, I want you to hear from God and never look back. And I'll take the phone off the hook. You can tell that's been a day or two ago. And uh, so I went to their house, which I later moved into. But as I went there, took the phone off the hook, got a hold of God, and he got a hold of me. And I wrote down, and I actually prophesied into a tape. And I'm so glad I did. And I've never done that with myself before or since. But already probably 95 or so percent of that has come to pass. But the Lord said, among other things, you are exactly where I want you to be at this moment. He said, I knew that you were submitted to your husband. He was the one who wanted to go to Alaska, and you followed him and did what you needed to do. But I've got you where I want you right now. And he says, instead of moving back home around your family, I want you to take revival all over the state and all over the country and all over the world. And he said, you don't, you don't know anybody. You don't have a reputation. You don't have a cent to your name. You don't have a newsletter. You don't have a contact person. You don't have anything. And uh, he says, so I'm going to raise you up in the middle of that so that people will know what I've done through, to you and for you. I will do through you. And that I am no respecter of persons. And what I've done for you, I will do for them. And that it's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So they will know that I'm a big God. And so that they will have the same hope. And they will have the same faith. That what I've done for you, I will do for them. If they get hungry and thirsty and desperate and yielded like you have gotten. And so, as I begin to prophesy to myself, I never look back. Well... I'm going to try to speed this up a bit. There is so much here, but a couple of weeks later, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown comes to Anchorage. A friend calls me and she says, now, by now we're having the joy break out, not only in our church, but I had a prison ministry. I'm going to say it that way right up front because I usually just say I went to the prison. People think I killed somebody because of what I've been through. And uh, I had a prison ministry going by then, went into the prison 30-some men fell out of their seats when we just walked in. I just went in to substitute for another preacher who wasn't feeling good that night. Walked in and 30-some men fell out of their seats. Just so drunk and the Holy Ghost rolling and crying and in tongues. And the guards came and couldn't tell. At first, the guards thought we were having some sort of riot. They came and all the men are on the floor. and, And they ended up asking me if I wanted to come out twice a week for five hours each time. And we have revival in that prison in Palmer, Alaska, that went all over the state and affected the other prisons. And and we were having this happening in the villages already. And I was coming in flack again from fellow faith preachers. They actually called and said, Debbie, dear. <laughs> you, you can tell by the first sentence, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm, uh, we, we hear you're just laughing out there in that little church of yours is that true well um and before i could answer they said you were the most well-balanced teacher i was in the teachers group at rama line upon line and precept upon precept i thought the evangelist group was the one who wore red suits and green shoes and spit all over the first three rows and and i'm going to show people we're deep in the word and we're not a bunch of flakes and and uh till the fire came on me 
and I'm not saying, of course, as a teacher, you can still have the fire come on you, but I didn't even know who or what I was called to do until I got free in revival. And so all of this, when I, when I called out to the Lord and said, I'm tired of reading these books. I need fresh oil from heaven once again. That following Sunday, I was knocked, I was now worship leader and I was knocked off the piano bench. So chug a lug and drunk on the Holy Ghost for the first time in my whole Pentecostal life. But I didn't know that would be happening all the time. I thought that was a rare thing. You can't live this way, you know, <clears throat> I thought. And, um, so everywhere I went after that, it was happening everywhere. And I'd have to pick myself up off the floor somewhere in the middle of the message. I thought, oh, dear God, the things they're saying about me is true. What is, what is happening to me? And I, I'm trying to tell myself, maybe I've been through so much. I have to have this extra joy and all this. So now I got faith preachers calling me, Debbie, you were the most well-balanced teacher we knew of. And now we hear you're just laughing out there. And so are the people in your church and in the prison and in the villages. Is that true? I felt like the Sanhedrin was calling me that night too. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I get up, I open to scripture. I start teaching the way I always have. And somewhere it's between five and 15 minutes into it. <laughs> the Holy Ghost smacks the house. And I don't know what they're saying. Now, listen, honey, listen, honey, you've been through a lot. Would you like to talk to someone? I I thought, let me get this straight. I didn't say it. I think I would today because I'm a lot bolder. But I, I, I should have said, when I was depressed and about suicidal as a minister of the gospel, you thought I was normal, didn't you? Nice teacher. <laughs> but now that I'm having joy unspeakable, and he's pouring in the healing balm of Gilead, and he's healing up years of abuse of every kind, verbal and, and, and physical, and being cheated on. And after, after I'm getting that, something's wrong with me, and I need to go talk to someone. This is my own camp saying this. And I thought, dear God, what, what kind of state is the church in? When you get back to the second chapter of Acts and people want to know if you need to go see a psychiatrist and they're supposed to be Pentecostal, charismatic or faith people or all of the above. You used to be well balanced. Their idea of that is half gospel, half, half, uh, half doubt and unbelief, half joy, half depression. Half, but anyway, so when they finished with me, I thought, oh, dear God, maybe I am a mess. I was back to thinking like that again. So that night when I went in the prison, I went in carrying the biggest Brother Hagen, you know, manual. I think the one on, on either the gifts of the Spirit or the anointing or something. And I got a giant Bible on the other hand. And I, I made the announcement. I tell you what, we've had some great Holy Ghost meetings out here. But tonight it's going to be different. I'm a teacher of the Word. And bless God, we're going to teach, 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 teach tonight. But at the prison, I'm also worship leader, you know, I'm all they got. They, and so I picked up a guitar. I also play the keyboard, but that, that night I picked up a guitar and never even thought about what chorus I picked out first, but you got to pick out some those guys in prison know, you know. I pick out the song, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad my Jesus set me free. Didn't even think about what I was singing until he reminded me, I set you free, and he the son says, free is free indeed. Boom! And I dropped the guitar and the keyboard to the floor. And when I did, I mean, some other time, maybe forever back here, I'll tell you everything else that happened that night. But long story short, I didn't know the AA group was meeting next door. <laughs> Had no idea. 
But those guys were so chug-a-lug and drunk on the Holy Ghost. It was the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. And they were singing a little chorus I had taught them by then. You know that chorus, I am blessed, I am blessed. I had added another little verse to it. I am drunk. I am drunk every day of my life. I am drunk. I had no idea the AA group was meeting next door. And the next thing I know, they came in. They threw open the door, and this man's so angry. And he goes, I'm on the floor. All the men are on the floor. And he comes in, and he goes, who's in charge in here? And from the floor, I went, guess that'd be me. (laughs) And I'm trying to stand up, and he says, we are trying to have a meeting next door. I said, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know there was another another church service going on. Oh, it's not a church service. I'm sorry. Nobody told me any meeting was going on next door. I'm so sorry. Yes, we are having an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And all we hear coming through the walls is, I am drunk. Uh, and then we hear all this laughter and people fall out. And, and, uh, and, and the Lord told me, I set you free. And I healed up your broken heart where you could be in a mental ward by now after all you've been through. And you were ashamed of it because your fellow brethren, because you were losing your reputation among the clergy. And you were going to trade that in tonight. Look what I have done. And the next week when I went to come into the prison, I couldn't because down the hall, I mean, people were everywhere. And I thought, why can't I get into my room? Who are all these men? What's going on? Has there been a true riot or something? And they said, no, they're all lined up trying to get in your room. And there isn't, there isn't room in there. It's standing room only. And they're cleared down the hall and wrapped around the prison. I said, where are all these men come from? <laughs> Anybody want to guess? The AA meeting. <laughs> and uh, they decided singing I am drunk would be more fun than saying I'm an alcoholic. I will always be an alcoholic. And I, anyway, and uh, so that week, they all got radically saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Many of them got healed. They got delivered. They started to testify, delivered of homosexuality, delivered from witchcraft, delivered from this was a maximum security prison, delivered from um, from murder. I mean, they start, I'm like, no, don't tell me. I don't want to know what all you've done, but I'm glad you're delivered. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that just began to spread. Well, now, <laughs> Lord help me to get from A to Z in a hurry. I don't want to take up all of Richard's time here or much more of it. But while, while revival was spreading all over the state, I had a big problem, not with the anointing, not with the joy, not with my broken heart getting healed up. But I was called to go all over that state and all over the world, and I didn't have enough to go down the street. Because the $1,000, now I've resigned my church of the whopping $1,000 a month, total income on Alaskan cost of living. Now I don't even have that. And I said, the Lord has called me to go as an evangelist all over the state, to the villages, to the prisons. And um, Alaska isn't like Oregon or Washington or anywhere else where you can get in a car and maybe go to five or six or ten churches on the circuit, you know, out of a few tanks of gas. Everywhere I went, I had to fly to. And usually it took two planes. I would go where I lived in the Matanuska Valley, uh, Palmer, Wasilla. Um, it was close to Anchorage, uh, about 
65 miles away from Anchorage, 45 miles. And, um, and I would take a plane from Anchorage to Fairbanks, say, and a big jet, which was like six, $700. Then you take another like two-seater plane into one of the villages, another $300. So if I go alone, I'm spending $900 to $1,000. If I take a lady with me, which I thought was wisdom as a woman traveling alone in that kind of country, we have just doubled that. We're spending almost $2,000 to get to a little village of 100 people. And, um, and so everybody said it couldn't be done, and it didn't look like there was any way it could be done. Now, back to my A in the test. So when my friend called and said that Pastor Rodney was in Anchorage, we're already having this revival start to go everywhere, and I didn't know it was going on anywhere else. When I found out it was going on all over the world, it was such sweet relief to me since they all thought I needed to see someone in Alaska about it. But um, so when I said, Gene, I would love to go to his meeting, but I said that was right before I resigned the church. I said, I have church. I have the prison ministry. I'm scheduled to go out to a village. There's no way I can make his meeting. And then she said, Debbie, what glory. What glory is in those meetings? And I'm telling you the word glory held the glory of God in it. And it came through those telephone wires and that heavy Shekinah came and smacked me. And I went to the ground and lost the phone and I'm rolling and laughing. And when I get up back on the phone, so is Jean, my friend on the other end. And I said, I'll cancel everything and get into those meetings. Now, when I got in there, I loved the joy. I mean, we're already starting to experience it. And I realized we were getting a small taste of what God was already starting to do all over the world. I loved the salvation. I mean, every time he gave, he gave any kind of an altar call, more people were running up there to get saved than I had ever seen in Alaska. I love the healings. I love the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. I can remember whole families of this one family that had eight children. They would all come up at the same time and just tremble under the power of God till they all fall. I loved every minute of it, except this guy, for whatever reason, decides he's going to take 30 45 minutes, sometimes an hour before he received an offering to teach on what the word of God has to say about it. And I sat there the first time and went, I got to admit, this is good stuff, better than I've ever heard anyone on this subject. In fact, I've never heard some things quite like this. And yes, it's true. He's not manipulating anyone. He's not listing a need. He is just teaching the word of God. However, I knew it would get quiet about here. We just changed from the joy to some kind of quietness here. However, I've never seen anybody take this amount of time before they receive an offering. We have so many cotton-picking religious cows in this country. It's a whole other subject that I want to get going on, but I'm, I'm going to resist. But, and one of them is the time factor. And if that's yours, we're, we're all about to shoot that together tonight. This is Friday night. This is Friday night, and before you were saved, you were dancing on the tables at 2 a.m. But then we get saved, and we turn into a pumpkin at 9 o'clock. And, and if, if it can't be said in 20 minutes, have not to be said. Who's rule? You can only find that in the book of Isaiah, so. You cannot find that in the Bible, in the Holy Bible. And some things take time to blow religion and blow poverty and blow depression and blow disease right out. Because people have been inundated with religion and tradition for years. And you can't come in and just in 10 minutes fix that. That's why we have week-long meetings. 
saturation, absolutely. Hour after hour and night after night. You notice that your water level is getting higher each night? So, so as he took this amount of time, I'm a little bit irritated. It's good teaching, but I don't think anybody should take this long before you receive an offering because I've just never heard anybody do it. Why is it if we have a, if something's a little bit different than the way uh, the method's different, the time factor's different, the hair is different? We're like, I don't know, never seen anybody quite like this before. So I'm I'm a little bit irritated, and then I realize he's going to do that every service. And then I found myself thinking, besides, this is the funniest part of anything I'm going to say. I found myself thinking, besides, I don't need it. I'm a Rayma graduate, and I got an A in the test. I am driving a total car that I'm sure Richard told you about last night, it sounds like, that my son drew, drove off of the mountain coming down from the prison when I took him in with me one time, hit a tree at the bottom, everybody thought we were dead, three doors knocked in, the grill, the roof, we had to get a plastic window out and tape it in there and get a different uh, hood out of the junkyard, red car, the black hood, at least it was two-tone now, and it was a mess, it went down the highway sideways, and I'm getting ready to move in with other people when Pastor Rodney came. That same precious couple from my church said, instead of you paying these costs, move into our house. I said, you don't have enough bedrooms. We'll build beds out of plywood. And they did, three of them for my three sons. My room was what was going to be their half bath someday. But thank God they hadn't put the plumbing in yet. Half bath. Good thing I'm short. When I came off the wall at the end of the night, my feet hit the other wall. They put a dresser up against the plywood bed, and I had to jump over at night to get in there. That was the illustrious, awesome beginnings of this international ministry. And But I don't need this. These are the conditions I'm living in, but I don't need this because I got an A in the test. And because I heard some people teach prosperity and because I could quote the verses he was reading, I didn't need it. But listen, my friend, if you don't get anything else out of this part, listen to this. It is one thing to have mental assent. It is another to have heart revelation and have that go from here down to here until it is yours. Until your heart wraps around it and says, this is mine. If everybody else doesn't get it, this is mine. And I'm the one walking out of here changed tonight. And so as I'm just kind of disgusted, then I think my next <laughs> brilliant thought was this. Debbie, maybe you don't need it, but there's, there's a lot of people in this auditorium. We had a thousand and that was big for Alaskan crowds. We, we got other people here that didn't get to go to Rama. They probably need it. <laughs> so you could, you could endure it for the people who need it. Now, everybody else there had their own house, I think, and a car that didn't go down the high, uh, highway sideways. But pride can make you so stupid and so blind. So I thought, oh, I'll move up, you know. I'll I'll just endure this for the people who need it. But thank God, everybody say thank God for the Holy Ghost. Ghost. He interrupted my pride. Mm. And he called me by name, and I knew there was no Debbie sitting beside me. And he said, Debbie, I've called you since you were this high. I told my grandfather on his knee, Grandpa, I see myself preaching to all colors of people all over the world. And he said, you knew, you knew from the time you were born and could talk what you were called to do. But you don't have any means to do it in the natural. And he said, I've sent a man all the way from Africa, all the way to the United States, all the way up to Alaska, which is over halfway around the world without getting closer, so that you 
can be set free. And if you will repent tonight, and if you will humble yourself, and you will ask me to forgive you, I will set you free from poverty this night. And you will never lack another day in your life. And by now I was shaking in my seat. Tears are coming like somebody fighting conviction at the altar call. And I'm I'm sitting there just shaking. Pastor Rodney leaves the platform. Now I forgot to tell you this part. Remember, remember what the other gentleman had told me. Go back and forget it. You're a woman. You're alone. When Pastor Rodney had a he had a minister's luncheon while he was there in Anchorage, and my friends just insisted that I go to it. I didn't want to go. I thought I'll be the only woman alone. Everybody else will be in couples, but all right. They said, you never get any fellowship with ministers. Debbie, you need to go. While I was sitting there, he said, lady. And I looked at all the ladies sitting beside me, and they're looking at me. I said, me? He said, yes, you. God's got a word for you. I thought, oh, dear God. Getting tired of these words. Let me guess. I'm a woman. Alaska is cold. (laughs) I have no husband. I know. I know. I'm sitting there thinking that. When he says... Listen to this. God just showed me that another man of God came up here a few weeks ago and discouraged you and told you that it was all over. He knew nothing about that. He said, but God has sent me up here to do just the opposite. He said, this shall be an international ministry. For years, I hesitated to say this part, but I'm just going to tell you how he said it. He said, are you aware of Joyce Meyer? I said, yes. He said, it shall be a, a, a ministry like that. He said, it'll be, the scope will go all over the world. And I could see everybody sitting beside me looking at me like, I think you got the wrong woman. Did you see what she drove up in? I mean, I could just see that on their faces. And um, and so now a couple of nights later when I'm getting set free from poverty, he stops everything he's doing once again and walks up to where I'm sitting. And uh, he put his finger right here. And he said, God is delivering you from poverty tonight. And I said, yes, sir, I know. And right about then the Lord had spoken to me and said, I want you to teach it the same way that he's teaching it all over the world. Everywhere you go. The Alaskan villages, everywhere. And if you do not, I will hold you personally responsible for their poverty. Because this word, this one right here, has to work in the village like it works in the city. It has to work in a small church like it works in a big church. It has to work for the red man and the black man like it does the white man. It has to work for a woman like it does a man. It has to work for the young and the old like it does the middle age, or it's not the word of God. And he said, if you do not preach it after I've set you free tonight, I will hold you personally responsible for their poverty. So I was arguing with the Lord right before Pastor Rodney walked down in front of me. I said, I can't do that. I don't go to big churches like this man does. Now, that was a long time ago, and and I couldn't quite picture that back then. And I said, besides that, I go to where missionaries go. They don't even receive offerings, let alone teach before they receive them. They'll think this is the white man, well, in my case, a white woman coming to take their money. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And the Lord said, then I will hold you personally responsible. Well, right then, Pastor Rodney comes up to me. And he says, God's telling you to teach it the same way, isn't he? Yes, sir. And I started to tell him what I just told the Lord, but I can't do this there. You don't understand where I go. And I said, I can see it's not going over too big here tonight for you. Because I saw some pastors in the back going like this to him. And they're leaving early. He said it was all he could do to keep from administering the five-fold ministry. And I thought, I'm never going to get by with this if this big guy can't get by with it, you know. And... And he said, you stop. 
Because God said to tell you this has to work in the village like it works in the city. Word for word, everything the Holy Ghost had spoken to me. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so I'm weeping. And then after he finished talking to me, it was time to receive the offering. I looked. (laughs) And I thought, God, I am so embarrassed. My gas tank is on empty. I've got 50 cents, two quarters to my name. My kids need milk. This isn't even enough for a half a gallon of milk. This isn't enough to buy this man a cup of coffee, and he already has a big ministry. Well, this isn't going to do him any good at all, but it's my everything. Lord, if he's not even going to, this is just how our natural thinking is. If, if it's not going to help him, but it's all I got left, surely when I got kids and I need gas and I surely and then I heard this is this where you want to be forever because this is where you will always be unless you let go of that seed and unless you put it in my hands and unless you can mix some faith with it this is where you will always be and I've called you to go all over the world you don't even have enough to go down the street and I've said this so many times because humor sometimes helps the medicine go down a little bit. That if I wouldn't have gotten a hold of this, all I, I don't care how anointed you are, how called you are, how appointed you are. All I would have ever been able to do is stand in front of the mirror, preach to myself, amen myself, give an altar call, raise my own hand, pray with myself, and go around behind and catch myself. <laughs> because I wouldn't have enough to take it anywhere. But that night, trembling, I was embarrassed because preachers around me were writing out $100 checks, $500 checks, $1,000 checks. You say, how do you know that? Because preachers always want everybody to see it. (laughs) You know, sitting around me. And and I thought, they're going to hear this plunk. Oh, how embarrassing. All I could think of was the lady at the last two mites. And sure enough, it was my 100%. Plunk. Plunk. I was hoping there was enough dollar bills in the bottom so they wouldn't hear the plunk. But everybody could still hear it hit the bucket. Plunk, plunk. It's the lady going through the divorce with the total car. Going down the highway sideways at the plastic windows. She's plunking. (laughs) And I just had to go, I don't care. I will never plunk again like this. I will never be in this place again. All of a sudden, the blinders came off. The same scriptures, yes. So, and and I received good teaching at Raymond. I don't want to leave you thinking good teaching. But there was something about my desperation, hunger and thirst, surrender of the pride, and the extra anointing upon him in this area that came together where revelation came and the blinders came off the eyes and it was mine. It was like I was walking out of there a millionaire, but it's not a Cinderella story. My total car didn't turn into a new Lexus or Mercedes or something. I walked right out to the total car. I didn't have anybody say, hey, we feel like you got a hold of this tonight. We want to give you a new home. Nope. Went right back into that little bedroom in the half bath. 
but everything had changed on the inside. And when it changes on the inside, you've got to have some patience with it. And that goes with faith. And when you have patience and faith together and it's changed on the inside, you say you get up the next morning. Oh, it may not look any different to you, but everything is different. I am blessed to be a blessing all the days of my life. Two things that Pastor Rodney said that night stood out to me among all others. One was this. He gave all the stories about what a poor preacher he was in Africa. And, you know, those of you who know his ministry at all, he's a funny, funny guy, and he makes the jokes with it. I was so poor, the roaches were packing because there was no crumbs for him, you know, and, and, you know, just on and on. And, and then he said this. He said, but I cried out to God. And he said, I said, God, if you'll give me the key to breakthrough, I will make duplicates of that key and give them to anyone who will take one. And when he said that, I thought, oh, bless God. Today I would holler it out, but I was much more conservative in those days. But on the inside, I hollered, I'm taking one of those keys. And I took it that night, the key to breakthrough. And then he said, Abraham was commanded to be a blessing to the whole world. And if we are born again, we are the seed of Abraham today. And we are commanded to be a blessing. We don't even have the right to stay how we are. That is selfish to say, I got enough on the table for us foreign no more. And she can preach this to somebody who really has to go to the nations like her, I guess. But as for me, I'm making it on my job. I'm making it on my social security. I'm making it on my fixed income. Um, we got enough to eat. And, you know, I'm just, I don't need that prosperity stuff. Shame on you if you're thinking that. Because even if our lights are still turned on, what about the widow woman down the street who got hers turned off? I have a responsibility, and so do you, to get a hold of this for the rest of the world. And so that he can be a funnel through you. I know what it's like to stand in that line. I don't know if you guys ever had to do it. Very few, I think, did but me. Stand in that line at Ramah on the 10th of every month. You're supposed to pay your tuition by the 1st, but you were allowed to stay in school till the 10th. And... Every month, here's what I was doing, picking up cans and bottles and taking them in and going, oh, thank you, God. I'm in a place where what I'm receiving is like gold to me. And I was locked out of my house some of those nights by the abusive husband who just punched me and then locked me out of the house. And I'm walking around in the streets of Broken Arrow at night and go back into that class by myself the next morning while other couples are there holding hands. And I'm just going, thank you. I'm still in school one more day because on the 10th, I went 97 cents, 98, 99. I made it one more month. But when I stood there, I thought someday... I'm going to be in a position to give to somebody else so they don't have to stand here in the tent. And we've put about 35, 40 people through Bible school today. Not only at Pastor Rodney's before he had the scholarship days, but now our own Bible school. And, um, and I remember thinking I have a total car, but someday I'm going to buy somebody a car. We've bought three new cars for other people. I don't have enough to hardly get down the street, but someday I'm going to help other ministries go back into the Alaskan villages, which we have sent multitudes up there and paid for it all. Uh, partners to just get them going, teach them, train them, get them back up there, buy them plane tickets. I, I'm the one who doesn't have enough to, to do diddly squat anything, but it's not going to be like this forever. We're going to reap the harvest of the nations, nation by nation by nation. Today we're on television on three continents. 
Today, as, as, as Brother Richard said, 46 nations and many of those, I'm thinking of some of those 20, 25 times a piece. I don't know how many trips that calculates to. But as we have gone into the nations and seen the harvest and seen people healed and see other marriages healed up. And every time I do, I go, so there, enemy, so there. But he's been such a big God on every front. And to tell you every step of the way from there to there, I can't tonight. But I will leave you with this. God gave me an anointing that night to preach people free from poverty. I mean, a special anointing. The word of God works every time for anybody if you'll get a hold of it. But then there are anointings in areas. We have had more testimonies in this area alone than probably everything, even with the great healings we've seen, than everything else put together. People that were on welfare who now have put their kids through Bible school and in the ministry and, and people going all over the world like myself who didn't have enough to go down the street. Countless testimonies on the foreign field, India, Nepal, Philippines, where they don't even have enough to eat. And if you heard all the testimonies tonight, we're getting ready right now. Our internship, we've been putting out some videos this week, some new ones. And I'm doing one called uh, DRM, that's for Debbie Rich Ministries, DRM's Greatest Financial Testimonies. And we're doing several DVDs of that. And people, you won't even, you'll just go, could that really happen to people? And times that even in the ministry, once the budget got to $10,000 a week, can you imagine plunking two quarters in? And then at the height, it was at $10,000 a week that we had to believe for. That's just to maintain. And uh, you'd be, I'd be at a meeting somewhere and God would say, give this entire week's offering back. And I'm like, <gasps> you must mean give the mornings back and keep the nights. Give the night back and keep the mornings. Give Sunday through Wednesday back and keep Thursday and Friday. You must mean, yeah, I'm sure that's what you meant. I mean, on the forum field where we, like them, pay our own expenses. I'm, I'm thinking about, I'll just leave you at this one, Australia. Costs thousands to get there. I had an assistant, and I didn't tell them that we left the country, left Alaska, with nothing as we never had. No matter what God brought in, it went straight through us. If you're a giver, that's the way it goes. Never had a savings account, never. And we left with nothing. And I was over there four weeks. And it's a much longer story than this, but the women's conference said they'd wire the money, and for whatever reason, they didn't. The next church I was at, they didn't. I'm, I'm at each of these churches two meetings a day for five for, for a week. And... Um, my office called and said, are you taking a vacation or preaching over there? And I said, are you kidding me? I've been preaching two and three times a day for four weeks. They said, well, nobody sent any offerings. I went, you've got to be kidding. I get to the last church, and I had a really good rapport with those pastors and said, I, I said, would you do me a favor? The minute these meetings are over, could you wire whatever comes in? Because I have no idea why nobody else has and they said, Debbie, that's terrible. We know these people. Do you want us to call them? No, I'm in a strange country. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to believe God. Believe God with me. They had a miracle that night. Them, the pastors, were a man who had been in their church for several years, had been lying to them, telling them that when his business started to prosper, he would start tithing. He came in after he heard his teaching, weeping profusely. He said, I've been lying to you. This business has been doing good for years. 
And he said, I not only start tithing from this moment, but I'm, I'm giving you a back check for my tithe for the last five years. I have no idea what it was. I didn't ask them. They didn't tell me that went back to their church. And uh, so they were really in a mood to just anything, anything I need. You need the wire from your offerings, we'll send it. And then that night, God woke me up in the middle of the night, give everything back to these pastors. Now they've just received I, maybe millions for all I know, and I have nothing. And I said, Lord, Lord, come and let us reason together. And, and, and I, I woke up, I, I woke up and, and woke up my assistant. And I said, Katie, I said, I feel like God just told me to give all the offerings back to these pastors so that they can go to Brother Rodney's camp meeting. And I, I wanted her to argue with me. I wanted her to say, Debbie, that's my paycheck too. And you can't do that. And I would go, well, since it's yours, maybe I better not. But she didn't. She got saved under my ministry. All she's heard is this. Well, I didn't really get into teaching tonight. I'm just giving a testimony here. But she has heard nothing but good, good teaching on stewardship from day one. So she's never been bound in that area. So she said, that's awesome. We need a miracle. Obey God right now. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought too. That's awesome. And, and so when the pastor's wife came to take us to the airport, I said, has your husband wired the money yet? She said, no, but he's just getting ready to. Why? And I said, because I need you to call him and tell him to keep it. And part of me still thought, what if, what if I'm missing God? I've never even heard them say they wanted to go to Brother Rodney's camp meeting. So I said, by the way, have you ever wanted to go to Brother Rodney's camp meeting? She went, no, never. And I thought, yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. And she said, not until you came. And you kept talking about what glory is there and how we need to be there. So she said, my husband and I have been sowing heavily in your offerings ourselves. And we said, God, we're believing to go to Rodney Howard Brown's camp meeting. We just said that last night. Why do you ask? <laughs> no reason. And I said, I said, well, tell your husband to keep the offerings. And we're sending you to Brother Rodney's camp meeting. I just dreaded calling my office. We couldn't pay the rent. We couldn't pay the staff. We couldn't pay. And sure enough, the office called me first. And they said, Debbie, we got news. And I said, me too. And they said, who, they said, who should go first? I said, I just got such a leading. You should go first. <laughs> and they said, they said, we don't know what happened today, but the women's conference sent the money and it happened to be the highest that women's conference had ever brought in, even when Marilyn Hickey was there for the whole nation. And um, it was $13,000 from that conference, of which they only gave me one offering from. I can't imagine what the rest was. And, and then they said, and the next church you went to sent theirs today, wired it. And the next church you went to wired theirs, and the third church wired theirs. And they said, and not only that, remember when you were in the Philippines last year? Yeah. They just sent a second offering. I've never had that from any church, let alone the forum filled. Send another one after you leave. They said Canada sent an offering today. And they said, you know how you've never taught on giving or received an offering in the prison? Those guys got together and received an offering from you and sent it in. And they said it was over $500 just from one man. And I went, where did he get? Never mind. We don't want to know. We, we don't want to know. And, and they said more came into the ministry today than all the history of any one day of the ministry. It more came in today than has come in all year. What's your news? My news is that just like that first night when I plunked all I had, we're still doing it this many years later. It's a bigger plunk now. Doesn't make that kind of a sound anymore. 
but my hand shakes as I make out the check. Just like it shook when I was letting those 50 cents fall in there. In fact, the stakes are higher now. You might be able to go without a half a gallon of milk. But when you got people and employees depending on you and people that you're putting through Bible school and churches that you're building and you go, man, God, I still believe you like I did that first night. So here we are, folks. It's hard to give you an overall view in one night, but the bottom line is this. November of 1992 to February of 2020, He's been the same faithful God, but he has stretched me every day, whether we were there or whether we're here now. He has stretched us every day. And I'll just leave you with this. We had a lady at Pastor Rodney's camp meeting walk up to us, speaking of where we are up here in the Northwest. We were trying to get the building we're in now. And uh, I'm telling you, the, I've never seen such a fight. Our bank that we had had such good credit with and had paid off two homes through and my husband had paid off a previous church through and all of these things. They said, no problem, gave us a good faith letter and then suddenly backed out and said, we're not going to do it. Not unless you can come up with $35,000 and for a church our size, that was like impossible as quickly as they said to do it. And God gave us a miracle and we came up with it and they said, nope, not going to do it. Not unless you can come up with 50% of the loan that they knew was impossible for a church our size. You know what? That was a week before Brother Rodney's minister's conference in October of 2017. Now, everything within you says, I can't afford for a few of us to buy plane tickets and go down there and give in those offerings morning and night. I need a miracle or we can't even get in this building. And we're so far from it. But I said, bless God, let's buy it. plane tickets and take people with us. Put it all on the charge cards. I got to be under this anointing afresh for what I'm believing for it. And, and where it took to get it, it takes to keep it, folks. You got to stay that hungry, that thirsty, that hooked up to good people flowing in me. That's why we're here tonight. I didn't know I was going to be sharing. I'm not here to share. I am here because I've got to keep rubbing shoulders with anointed people, with people of fire, with people of the Holy Ghost, with faith people, with people who will be stretched like we are stretched or it gets pulled right out of you being around a bunch of grumbling doubters and unbelievers. And anyway, so we go to the conference. Uh, it just happened to be one of those for whatever reason. Pastor Rodney has me teach a lot along these lines. But for that conference, he wasn't having me teach at all. And I'm making that point for a reason. If I was up there teaching, maybe somebody would get the idea. Oh, that was good teaching. Maybe we'll give that lady an offering and hook up with her faith. Nothing like that. I wasn't saying a word. I wasn't even sitting on the front row for whatever reason that meeting. I was about back three rows and... I get up after the meeting, get ready to leave, and there's a few friends waiting to talk to us. You see everybody you know at, at these things. And all of a sudden, a lady standing there waiting. I thought, she looks kind of familiar. I said, hi. And she says, oh, you do recognize me. Ma'am, your face is kind of familiar, but I just can't place it. Can you help me? Now, when we left, when we left Washington, the exact amount we needed was um, another, another $50,000. And my husband had just said that morning in the hotel room, we're just going to believe God as we continue to sow. And I said, usually it's me saying that. Now, I needed the nudge from him that morning. And uh, so this lady stand there and she goes, you don't remember me? No, help me. 26 years ago, I was in your meeting in Roswell, Georgia. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking, and she starts to tell the story and it starts flooding me. She said, I had nothing. 
I had just moved there with my little girl and we had nothing. But everybody told us, you got to get to these meetings. They were over an hour away from where we were staying. God's flooding the place. She said, we got in those meetings and I just felt led to give, but we had nothing. I only have $5 and we're trying to move here. And, we're, and she said, my husband got so mad at me, but I gave the $5. She said that day we got $50 in the mail. And she said, I just felt led to give the whole thing. She said, the next day we got $100 in the mail. And she said, I gave that. And then somebody sent us a few hundred dollars. And she said, and, and uh, that brought me up till, to uh, the next night. And she said, you called me out. And you said, God just told me to give you my offering tonight, lady. $1,500 that we needed desperately. She said, I've been looking for you for 26 years to say thank you. I didn't even know your name, didn't know where you were anymore. And I stood there and I said, well, that blesses me to hear that. You're welcome. She said, no, I got to do more than that. God spoke to me that you have a $50,000 need. What? I actually fell back against that wall there at the river. Not a soul knew that, not Pastor Rodney, not anybody in that building. And she said, I'm coming back to say thank you. 1500 turned into 50,000 26 years later. You don't want to pull up your seed any too fast either by grumbling, where is that? Where is that harvest? Where is that? We have lived in those kind of miracles every day now for 26 years. And here's the good news for you tonight, folks. Not only is the ministry that we're going to receive this offering for, one that I know personally and if I mean in the many years ago it was it was just Brother Richard and Rhonda and myself that were Pastor Rodney's associate evangelist. You know, he's got a lot of staff now today and stuff. But in those days, we were going out, doing meetings with him, for him, taking the church for him if he was out of town because he recognized the like anointing. And one day he said to me, Debbie, I don't even have to get up and teach on giving anymore. I've fought enough religious cows. I'm just going to sit down and enjoy myself and let you do it. <laughs> but I've known this ministry, the integrity, the fire, the hunger, the thirst. I love these people and they're the real deal. And the longer you're in ministry, unfortunately, the more you see there's not too many real deals out there anymore. And it gets, and you just have to remind yourself so you don't get the Elijah syndrome. No, even if it's only a handful, we'll come back to our own company. And where we got touched, we will never forget it. So not only do I know you're sowing into some of the best ground in the world that I will be sowing in tonight, some of the best ground in the world, but here's another piece of good news for you. Just like Pastor Rodney said all those years ago, I got good news for you. I cried out for the key to breakthrough. And I said, Lord, if you'll give it to me, I'll make duplicates of it. And I'll give them to anyone who will take one. The same way I took it that night by faith is available for you tonight by faith. But you don't take a key. I'm going to leave you with this because you don't know how many places I've taught, including the river, where depending upon what you're teaching, I mean, I could have picked one of those tonight that just has everybody shouting and running around, running, dancing, screaming. But you know what I've noticed when the running and the dancing settles and the screaming, anybody want to guess? That very few of those really took it. It was an emotional, ah, oh, yeah, listen to that testimony. Look what God did for her. And isn't that incredible? And we agree with it. Amen. Amen. I found out that night in Alaska, and I'm finding out still today, that I can't just nod to it. 
I come from farming country in Nebraska, maybe because in our church I've been teaching on the laws of the harvest lately. This is really real to me right now. But those farmers don't play farming. They don't just put on, city guys don't put on coveralls and, and just get a combine and say, I'm a farmer. No, you got to be a real farmer. You got to put your seed in the ground. You don't even see it anymore. It has to die. It has to, uh, you know, you can't reach for it and go, oh, there was my, there was my down payment for the car. It just went down the line. You know, you can't pull it out like that. You got to go, I will never be like this again. <laughs> and as I have watched God take me all over the world, I see a, most people shout, most people nod, most people smile, that's right, amen, and very few people that will take the key and do it. And then they wonder why. Well, I was in that same meeting. I thought that was a good testimony too. I agreed with it. I shouted. I nodded. How come those things aren't happening for me? If you actually take the key to breakthrough, you got to do something with it. You got to do more than agree with it. You got to do more than nod to it. You've got to actually say what she did. I will do. I'm not telling everybody they got to give a hundred percent like I did that night. Only you and the Holy Ghost know what you give. And I will never, if there's one, that'll get me started somewhere else. I better not get going there, but I can't stand manipulation and I can't stand somebody telling somebody how much to give. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I want to walk out when I see it happening. Because I don't care. Yes, it is. He said it's witchcraft. It is. It's manipulation, which is what witchcraft is. I don't care if I take five minutes or five hours to teach what the word of God has to say or to give testimony. I don't tell people how much to give. We don't list a single need. You know why our God knows our every need and will meet our every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we're blessed coming in and we're blessed going out and we're the head and not the tail and above and not beneath. It's not about listing needs. It's not about getting you crying or showing slideshows of our skinny kids that are going to starve if you don't give. And my boys are that way. I really could get an offering that way. <laughs> I told them, take your shirt off and we're gonna no it's about being led by the spirit of the living God and by the word of God and when you're led by that I'm telling you and you take the key and you say I'm going places right here in the northwest I'm so sick of this poverty minded junk up here somebody's got to plow it out and bring the hammer of the word down it's not just for Tulsa Jerusalem it's not just for it's for right up here Big visions, big visions. And it's not going to get done with little thinking. We've got a big God and we've got to think like a big God. So tonight, I'm just honored to be up here to be able to receive the offering for Brother Richard and Rhonda and say, we're, we're just going to believe on this Friday night. How many remember? Well, I don't want you to raise your hands, but when you were out in the world, you were probably the one that said, it's on the house. I'll pay for everybody in the room. You know why you said that? You were drunk. You were under another influence. When you get full enough of the Holy Ghost under another influence, you'll be the one to say, I'll pay for the whole crusade. I'm just joyful enough and God refuses to do without a joyful prop to do it giver whose heart is in their giving. I'm just full enough of him and I'm going to be stretched and I'm going to another place. Not just in my little comfort zone. Okay, I got 25 bucks divided by five nights. I can give five bucks each night. No. That's how people who've never heard a message like this act. 
No. When you hear something like this, you're like, dear God, I've never even thought of that amount before. <laughs> and you've heard it said many times, if you get two amounts, the lesser one's always the enemy and the bigger one's always God. That's just simple. <laughs> That's just simple. But thank you for, for asking us up here tonight. And, uh, and it's just a joy to be back with my friends. And I'm going to ask you right now, I'm going to, Pastor, uh, do they make it out to, to you guys? Okay. To Revival Ministry. I'm sorry, a voice of revival ministries. So, um, and I'm sure most of you by now are getting used to that. Do you also have envelopes or can you give by, okay, you got your envelopes. So, you know, you can give by credit card, debit card. However, God tells you check, cash, everything but a pretty face. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? We may have taken a while, but please don't anybody get in a hurry tonight. Again, Friday night, he saves the best wine for last. And you're going to be blessed out of your socks tonight by Mr. Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Did you, was you blessed tonight? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, the, I, I said to my, you know, my wife, you know, one of the things is, especially when you when there's Holy Ghost people in the house, and especially people you trust, you just flow with the Holy Ghost, Amen. It was flow. With, I didn't I didn't talk to Debbie before the service. I mean, I texted her, but I didn't talk to her about doing the offering or anything. But it just flowed that way. Everything has to be by the Holy Ghost. No, everything has to be by the Holy Ghost. No, no, you didn't get me. Everything has to be by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. And it was awesome. I, I tell you, it was awesome. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I, I've heard her share that many, many times. It was awesome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the word. Amen. Thank God for the word. It's the only thing that'll change your life. Amen. I mean, she's written books. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, as I said, as I said the other night, you know, every book, I don't care who your favorite author is. Every book, every book you have, only thing it is is information. There's only one book that brings transform- transformation. That's the Word of God. Amen. There's only one book that'll take you from death to life, and that's the Word of God. Amen. There's only one book that'll take your body that's ravaged with sickness and disease into, into divine healing, and that's the Word of God. Amen. Thank God for the Bible says that His words are life to those who find. Amen. Did you ever notice that in order to find, you got to seek? Only, only, hung, only hungry people seek. Amen. Only people that desire God seek. You know, the Bible says that we're to train up our children in the way they should go. Amen. Train up our children in the way they should go. And um, that's what my wife and I did, was done with our daughter and Pastor Monty with, with Stephen over here. Hallelujah. Just glowing in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. You know, there's a glowing. I mean... He's glowing, hallelujah. I praise the Lord. We're going to find him a wife in Jesus' name, hallelujah. And, <laughs> and um, um, you know, the Bible says they train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart. It means they're always going to serve God. And, 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 and that's a very famous, popular scripture. Everybody can, knows that scripture. But I asked people, I said, but how many of you can tell me the next verse? But you know the next verse says, the rich shall rule over the poor. 
That's what the next verse says. And he who borrows is a servant to the lender. So what's, what's, what's the Bible saying? Well, we need to teach our children, train our children in how they should live and train up them the way they should go. Teach your kids to be rich, not poor. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. And, and I'm so thankful. I mean, I said to my wife, I said, you know, we're so divinely ordered that you share that because there's so many people that's just quit and given up. And they haven't even been through half what you've been through, but yet they've quit and given up or they've had somebody that's been close to them, you know, just discourage them and they just lose hope. And yet, I mean, she didn't even tell everything. And there's still more she could have told. But yet, understand this. God's goodness and God's greatness and God's mercy is so beyond anything that your mind could ever even begin to think. Listen, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter what you've been through. If you call unto him, he'll answer you. Come on. It doesn't matter. It does, listen, it doesn't matter how many times you've been divorced. It doesn't how many times you've, you've backslid. It doesn't tell, matter how many times you've messed up. If you call unto him, he'll answer you. But not only will he answer you, he'll, he'll show you great. He'll show you his mercy and he'll show you his goodness. And he'll, he'll blow your mind with his goodness. No, he'll blow your mind with his goodness. And every single one of you here, do you realize that every single one of you here, God's got a great plan for your life? Don't you think, don't you think God knew that you was going to make mistakes before he even planned your life? In my case, many, 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 many. And I, I think it's so awesome. I mean, it's just so awesome what... What the Lord's done, you know, with Pastor Debbie, and you need to have her back in your church and have her come and do it and do a week here as well. I mean, powerful stuff. And uh, and she's only I'm 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 five thousand miles away. She's only two hours, <laughs> two and a half. So how long did it take you to get here? Two and a half hours. Well, he stopped off a Cracker Barrel and left me out, but. The- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just left me out. <laughs> just left me out, man. Father, tonight, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, uh, first off, Lord, for, for, forgive Debbie for leaving me out with Cocker Barrel. But, Lord, we... <laughs> Lord, I thank you that as, as this seed is sowed, Lord, I thank you for breakthrough tonight. Lord, I thank you that destinies tonight or manifested. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that every single person in this house under the sound of my voice, Lord, I thank you that every individual here under the sound of my voice, Lord, not only do they serve you, but Lord, I thank you that you use them mightily to advance your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for miracles in their family. I thank you miracles in, in, in their, with their spouses and with their parents and with their kids. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that the kids that are on drugs, that you supernaturally deliver them, Lord. Lord, I thank you for miracles tonight, even those that are here tonight that need to be healed in their body. Lord, I thank you that not one person leaves here tonight sick. Lord, I thank you that not one person leaves here tonight defeated, that one person leaves here tonight depressed. Lord, I thank you that every individual here tonight, Lord, receive some of your presence, and we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, ushers. Praise the Lord. You know, I wrote something down tonight. The Lord was just speaking, just sharing some things with me. You know, thank God for the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says that, you know, that we're to, com- we're to c- commune with Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter, this is not what I'm going to share tonight, but I just felt this earlier. But in 2 Corinthians chapter, thir- chapter 2, or 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the Bible says, speaking now of the Amplified Bible, the Bible says that <clears throat> the grace... The grace and favor and spiritual blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and His presence in the fellowship and communion of the Spirit. Hello? Is this the amplified? What is this? The amplified? And communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen? Do you know that word communion? It means, it means uh, uh, seven different things. You know it means presence. It means fellowship. It means sharing together. It means partnership. It means intimacy. It means friendship. Do you know the thing about the Holy Ghost is, is that the Bible says here, and here's what the Spirit of God just was speaking to me as I wrote it down. The Bible says that we're to walk in the Spirit. Actually, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. We're commanded to walk in the Spirit. We're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. We're commanded to live in the Spirit. We're commanded to be led by the Spirit. We're commanded to pray in the Spirit. We're commanded to minister under the anointing of the Spirit. Hello. That that we can camp off on that one. On a, we can we can camp out for a week on that one. Because many don't minister under the anointing of the Spirit. They minister from their head. Amen? It's not because it's, it's, it's not about a sermon. <clears throat> we're, we're, we're commanded to minister under the, the anointing of the Spirit. We're, we're commanded to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, to worship in the Spirit, to manifest the fruits of the Spirit, and to experience the communion of the Spirit, and to sing in the Spirit. Eleven things. What, what, what does that mean? That everything's by the Holy Ghost. Everything's by the, everything we do, we do by the Holy Ghost because the world operates by what makes sense. Listen, the world operates by what makes sense. And if you're only going to go by what makes sense, I'm going to tell you right now because God hasn't, listen, God hasn't designed His kingdom to operate that way. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. The kingdoms of this world operates that way, but the kingdom of God does not operate that way. And we have to be kingdom-minded. Stop being earthly-minded. We need to be kingdom-minded. We need to be eternity-minded. I mean, it's like I shared the story the other night about, you know, I've been overseas, my wife and I, over 100 times. Well, 62 times, I've been down and kissed the ground just because I was thankful to be home in America. I was so thankful for America. Thank God for America. Listen, and, and, I, and I'm not really a, an overseas person, but I've been overseas over 100 times, 55 nations of the world. I th- I'll be honest with you. My, my wife, her nickname for me, she calls me Picky Ricky sometimes because I'm very picky in my eating. I just don't eat anything, especially when you've been to Africa and, and they, they serve you something on the plate and you look down and it's like, huh, Jesus, oh, please, Jesus. You want to close your eyes and... Open your eyes and it'd be gone. And it's still there. <laughs> and you look up and go, thank you. But you really don't mean thank you. But you say thank you and then you look back down at your food and it's done moved from here to there. <laughs> Hello? And there was times, listen, there, and there, <laughs> listen I'm telling you, I, I, it gets that way. And I mean, when I, I was over in Africa one time, and, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost said to me, don't eat what they're serving you. And I didn't want to offend them. And I, I, I didn't obey. I disobeyed. And I ate, I took a couple bites of it. And as soon as I bite into it, I knew, I knew it was wrong. I was sick for a year. But I thought you believe in healing. Yeah, but I was disobedient as well. 
Because if I would have just obeyed the Holy Ghost, I would never got sick. Because He shows you things to come. But the Bible says everything's by the Holy Ghost. We're the walk in the Spirit. So I would kiss the ground. 62 times I kissed the ground. And out loud as people would walk by, thank you God for America. I'd actually begin to sing the song as, as the plane was landed. You know, I'm proud to be an American. And I can't even sing. But uh, I'm proud to be an American. I mean, you know, well, at least I know I'm free. I mean, I'd start singing it. <laughs> yeah, Lee Greenwood. Then I'd get over to the Kobe, to the Kobe Keith, the Toby Keith song. You know, we'll put a boot up your butt. I mean, I'd start singing the whole thing, you know. <laughs> And I, I think I'm, be, I'm think I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm missing my, I'm, I'm American. And then the Lord, Lord rebuked me. See, I was being carnally minded. So many times we're so carnally minded. I was being so earthly minded. I was being so of this world minded. And we're not to be minded of the things of this world. We're, we're to be kingdom minded. Because we're, we're not of this world. We're just passing through. This is not our kingdom. This is not our world. Amen. And the Lord rebuked me and the Lord said, here's what the Lord said to me. He said two things. He said, what kingdom are you, are you of? And then he said this to me. And this is really, I've never kissed the ground again. He said to me, he said, where's your citizenship? And I know everybody says, well, my citizenship's in heaven. No, but it's not. I'm, I, my, our, our citizenship is, is see, when you're, when you're earthly minded, well, I'm an American. But when you're kingdom minded, your citizenship is not here. Your citizenship is in glory. Your citizenship is in heaven. Amen? See, the more kingdom-minded you become, the more advancing His kingdom you do. And the more you yield to the Holy Ghost, the more you yield to the Holy Ghost, the more power is made available to you. And one thing that we are to do is operate. The church should not be void of signs and wonders. The church should not be void of signs and wonders. I said to the Lord one time, I, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, how come we don't see it on TV? How come we don't see the things on TV? And, and listen, and we're going to go on TV, but I was just waiting for the right time. I've already talked to the people. I mean, they're going to give me a phenomenal deal to go on, but it's just not the right time. But yet, I said to the Lord, I said, how, how come I'm not seeing what I read in the book of Acts? How come I don't hear pastors getting up teaching from the book of Acts? You know what the Lord spoke? Have you ever talked to the Lord, not really expecting Him to talk back to you, but He speaks back to you? I was really just carrying on a conversation with me and, you know, bringing the Lord into it. But you know what the Lord said to me? He said, here's what the Lord said. He said, because, first off, they don't believe it. Because if you believe it, you'll preach about it. I'll say it again. What you believe, you preach. No, 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 no. Listen to me. What you believe, you preach. No, I'm going to say it again because you're not getting it. What you believe, you preach. What God has revealed to you through the Word, what you believe, you preach. And if you don't hear preach people preaching on divine healing, it's because they don't believe it. If you don't hear them preaching on prosperity, it's because two things. Number one, they're ashamed. Number two, they don't believe it. Because what you believe, you preach about. Because what's in your heart comes out of you. Amen? And the Lord said to me, He said, well, they don't believe it. But secondly, He said to me, He said, if they begin to open up and speak from the book of Acts, then they'd have to explain to the people why they don't have what they're reading. 
God never intended for us to go without the supernatural. I said, God never intended for us to go without the supernatural. And I want, I'm going to read a number of scriptures to you tonight. Hallelujah. And you can just write these down. In Mark 16, thank you, Jesus. Actually, let me just, just, just write these down. I'm going to do this. I'm, going to, I'm just going to read a number of scriptures here tonight. And just write these down. Don't try to turn there because i got a number of them. In Isaiah 8, verse 18, Behold, I, I, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in the Mount Zion. Do you know the Bible says that we are for signs and wonders in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18? I'll say it again. Behold, I and the children of whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders. In Daniel, the fourth chapter, the second verse, he says this. He says, I thought it good to show the signs and the wonders that the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Do you believe the Bible? Well, are, 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 do, does that apply to us from generation to generation to generation? Guess what? Our generation must have and should have is signs and wonders. Amen. So let me read it to you again. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Another translation reads this way. It is my pleasure to make known the signs and wonders with which the most high God has favored me. Moffat translation says this, It is my royal pleasure to declare the, the, the signal signs of the Most High God in dealing with me. <clears throat> Spurgeon translation says this, The signs and wonders which the High God hath achieved toward me, it becomes to me and to declare to me. Listen, understand something. Now, the reason I'm, read, I'm reading this here because I want to go something here tonight because I heard these words in my spirit, signs and wonders, 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 signs. Do you know the very thing that separates us from all of the religions of the world? Signs and wonders, signs and wonders, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. And I read Isaiah 8 for you because I read that to you for this reason. Because God has made you for signs and wonders. Meaning every single one of us should be operating in signs and in wonders and in miracles. Signs and wonders and 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 miracles. Now, I'm not going to be able to read all of these to you, but in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Remember what I said, what you believe you're going to preach? 
Well, he says here, these signs shall follow them who what? Who believe. Understand something. Signs and wonders and miracles don't happen where there's doubt and unbelief. Signs and miracles and wonders happen where there, for people believe. You will have what you believe. Listen, you will have what you believe. That's why in Isaiah 53 verse 1, I, was, I mentioned the other night, and I'm going to get into this Sunday morning, but that's why everybody wants to hurry up and get to verses 4 and 5 from Isaiah chapter 53. But yet, verse 1 is so very powerful. Verse 1 is so very powerful. Whose report have you believed? Who hath believed our report, he says? Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Do you understand that the arm of the Lord is mentioned with believing? No, the arm of the Lord, listen, and there's only a few places in the Word of God where he talks about the arm of the Lord. Actually, the Bible says that with the finger of God, he cast out devils. And listen, and make no mistake about it. Forget about what, what, what Hollywood says. Forget about what the wicked witches and the perverts in Hollywood say. Because that's all they are. And they always make the church out to be weak. They always make the church out to be powerless. But we are the most powerful force there is. Absolutely nothing, no army can withstand us. No devil can defeat us. Listen to me. No demon can defeat you. And we're not called to counsel them. We're called to cast them out. Well, just come down and sit down with me. Here, tell me your story. Rubbish. Rubbish. Come out in the name of Jesus. Ain't interested in hearing their story. Come on. We ain't interested in hearing. Do you know we have people delivered all the time? We don't draw attention to it. But we have people delivered all the time in the meetings. We have people set free all the time in the meetings. I don't draw attention to devils. But the Holy Ghost walks up and down these aisles. He's walking up and down these aisles tonight. And you're not here by accident. God brought you here tonight. But isn't it amazing? They always make the church look weak. They always make the church look weak. They always make the preacher. They always make him look weak. Always make him look like he's actually like he's a blooming idiot. No, they always make they always make the preacher look goofy and like he's an idiot and like he's a charlatan and like he's an adulterist and like he's just after the money. Make no mistake about it. There was no struggle when it came to Jesus in the kingdom of darkness. Make no mistake about There was no struggle whatsoever when it came to Jesus in the kingdom of darkness. Matter of fact, the Bible says when Jesus began to walk in town, the, de- the demons and the devils begin to scream and begin to cry out, Have you come to torment us before our time? There was no struggle. Trust me, there was no struggle. Because the Bible says, with the finger of God, he cast out devils. He didn't even have to use his hand or his arm, but with the finger of God. Think about it. It's all he had to do is just walk up to somebody and and they'd leave. Think about it. And he had the Holy Ghost without measure. And everywhere he went, signs and wonders took place. Everywhere he went, the blind eyes opened up. Everywhere he went, crippled began to walk. Everywhere he went, the dead began to raise. And you know what? And Jesus said, why? Because understand, he knew that we were going to become the body of Christ. He said that what he did, we're going to do. Amen? Amen. 
That's why we got to be full of what he was full of. Because we can't do what he did in our own strength and our own power and our own might. We can only do it first off when we believe. Secondly, when we allow ourselves to get filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost. Which is one of the easiest things to do. Listen, there was no struggle. None whatsoever. But we were, listen, God created us for signs and wonders and miracles. And I tell you, my wife and I, we see them all the time. You know, I have a friend of mine, I have a friend of mine that was, he went home to be with the Lord now. And he was, he was Mr. World, Mr. Mr. America, Mr. Olympia, I mean, he's everything. He used to, one of his best friends was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they used to compete together and for Mr. Olympia. They, his name was Dennis Tenorino. And they used to do a lot of stuff together. And matter of fact, my wife went in one time, went to the gym and saw, his, she went to, to the tanning bed. And saw his picture there, and uh, because he was really famous in the bodybuilding world, and uh, and so he was he was a bodybuilder, but he also had the largest prostitution ring in, in L.A. And he got caught, and he was going to spend the rest of his life in prison. Well, another Holy Ghost man who used to compete with him heard that he was in prison, so he, he, he was actually going to Raymond at the time, left Tulsa, flew up to L.A. To, to, you know, share the gospel with him, to share Jesus with him. And he just said, he, I don't, he basically said, I don't want to hear about your God. I want nothing to do about your God. And, but when, when he began to talk, the Spirit of God came upon this other man, and he began to prophesy to him, and he said, the Lord tells me, the God I serve just said to me to tell you that you'll be out in three days. And he said, oh, you an idiot. And he cussed him out. He said, there's no way. Do you know what I've done? It's impossible. He said, I tell you, if I'm out in three days, I'll serve your God. But it won't happen. Three days later, he's out. He's out of, I don't know what all the reason what took place, but he's out of prison. And he realized God has to be real. He calls his friend up and he says, you ain't never going to believe this. I'm out of prison. I, I need to know your God. I need to know him. So he got on the plane, flew to Tulsa. He, the, the other guy, his name was Ray, led him to the Lord. Led him to the Lord. And then they went to a church service, and Dr. Kenneth e. Hagin was speaking, and he started talking about the Holy Ghost. And so he turned to Ray and says, I want that. I want what he's talking about. I want that Holy Ghost. I want what he's talking about. And he, so like, Ray's like, okay, well, I'm going to come down. You're, you're going to get it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a personal meeting with you. You're going to get it. And he kept, I, I need that. I need it. I want what he's talking about. And now he's a body. But of course, you know, he, he thought, listen, he, he told me, because we became, we were good friends. He used to be able to take the bars and bend them. He I literally thought he was so strong. And he bragged about how strong he was. He bragged about how, you know, the, the pipes and the, he could break the handcuffs off and all that stuff. He could rip a phone book. It, it, which millennials don't even know anything about that anymore, a phone book, but he could take a phone book and rip it with his hands. I mean, he was really a strong guy. So the next day, Ray takes him, takes Dennis to, to meet with Dr. Kenneth e. Hagen. And so, you know, Brother Hagen was very quiet. He didn't say much. And he just, you know, uh, you know, yeah, 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 nice to meet you. Yeah. And he said, well, I want the Holy Ghost. I want what you was talking about last I want the Holy Ghost. I come here, I want the Holy Ghost. So Brother Hagin sent him in a chair, put up a chair, put a, put a chair in front of him. He goes behind his desk and sits behind his desk and he just opened up his Bible and he just read scriptures on the Holy Ghost for a whole hour. That's all he did. Read scriptures on the Holy Ghost for an hour. 
And then when we got done, he shut his, he shut his Bible and he said, Dennis, he said, I'm going to come around my desk and lay my hands on you. And when I do, the power of God's going to come on you and you're going to begin to speak in tongues. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> so he gets up, walks around, lays it. Now, he, listen, I asked him about this. He said, he comes around, lays his hand on me, and he said, when he lays his hand on me, I felt this hot stuff come all over me, which people here have been talking about, they've been feeling, that's the anointing of God, that's the power of God. He said, my hands are right now burning like fire. He says, I felt this hot stuff come all over me, and he said, all of a sudden, he said, I thought that Ray and Kenneth Hagin picked me up. He said, but all of a sudden, I got picked up off of my chair, and... He was thrown. I mean, even Ray testified. He picked, the Holy Ghost picked him up off the chair. He was in midair, like three feet, and the Holy Ghost threw him back and forth from wall to wall across the room. Boom, 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 boom. And right in the middle, it just dropped him on the ground. And he said, when he dropped me, he said, I heard an audible voice. And God said this to me. Now who's the strongest? And you know what? He became a mighty man of God. He became a prophet of God. And he, he traveled all over the world. And God used him mightily. But you know what? Isn't it amazing? But we begin to talk about signs and wonders. We begin to talk about the supernatural. And the church world's like, it's like it's some f- new gospel. like it's something foreign. But it should be an everyday occurrence with us. Why should it be an everyday occurrence for us? Why should it be an everyday occurrence for us? Because the Bible says... Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders. Signs and wonders. And he goes on to say in Mark 6, Mark 16, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. John fourteen twelve. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And John twenty thirty, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. John twenty one twenty five, and there are, are are also many other things which Jesus did, that which, if they should be written, everyone I should suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Hallelujah. Acts two twenty two. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you all. Acts 2.43 And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Acts 4.29 and 30 And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to Listen, you're getting some insight on how, how the apostles prayed. See, you're getting, you're getting some insight unto the church because this was written in Acts 4. This was, this was only one year after the day of Pentecost. Um, yeah, one year after the day of Pentecost. Because really Acts 4 runs into Acts 3 because in Acts 3, remember, Peter and John were going up to the gate called Beautiful. Remember there was a lame man, a lame man there who would never walked? Who actually Jesus had walked through that gate many times. But yet, isn't it interesting? You know, he still stayed sick. Peter and John had been through there many times. But yet here, here all of a sudden they're coming to pray. The Bible says they were going to pray. No, they were going to pray. 
No, you're getting some insight into how they lived their life. They were going to pray. This is one year after the day of Pentecost when the fire of God came and set upon each one of them. They were going to pray and then all of a sudden the gift of faith was dropped in them and they saw this lame man who had laid there daily. He was 40 years old and they went to him and they said, look on us. He made the, they made him said, look at me, look on us because we got something for you. It's not what you're looking for. It's not what you're seeking. You're seeking money. But I could give you some money and you'd just be back here tomorrow. But I've got something. Not silver and gold, but I got something from heaven. That's what they said. They said, that which I have, that which I have, I give to you. That which I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they bent down. Listen, they worked the signs and wonders. They bent down, grabbed him by the arm, and lifted him up. And when they did, the power of God hit this man who had never walked. He's 40 years old, who had never walked a day in his life. But the Bible says that he went walking and leaping with him into the temple, praising God. But then they get put in jail. Then they get put in jail. Hello, now they get put in jail. And the Bible says that they go to their own company. That's why you have to have a church that you go to. Well, I go to church on the internet. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as the internet. No, you have, listen, you have to have a church to go to. You have to have people in your life that are full of God. You gotta have people in your life that are full of the Holy Ghost. You gotta have people in your life that believe in miracles. They believe in the supernatural. Because trust me, the day will come, you're gonna need it. And if you got, if the company that you're a part of, the only thing they do is eat the pastor for lunch, only thing they do is gripe and complain, come on, stingy. Nothing worse than a stingy person. Stingy people, which is not a sign of the Spirit of God. Because the fruit of the Spirit of God is not, there's no stinginess there. Yet, and they do nothing. They do nothing. Oh, well, actually, they do do something. They get on the Internet, and they get on blogs, and they spew their crap. That's right. And that's what it is. Did he just say crap? I just said it. (laughs) Pastor Don says it, so I can say it. (laughs) I'm teasing. (laughs) I'm teasing. She does does it. She does. It's Pastor Monty. So I'll be with him. <laughs> no, and that's all they get on there and they want to get on these blogs and hey, church this and these people. No, no, and they do absolutely nothing in their life. Nothing. You got to, hey, you get, don't hang around people that do nothing. Because guess what? Eventually, what you'll do? Nothing. You got to get around people that are doing something. No, you got to get around people that are doing something. You got to get around people who have, who, who understand how big God is. You got to get around people who understand how big God is and there's none like him that he's El Shaddai and there's nothing impossible. I don't care what the doctors have said. I don't care how many hours they've given you to live. There's nothing impossible to the one that can believe. There's nothing impossible to the man, to the woman that knows how to get a hold of God. There's nothing impossible to the man, to the woman who knows how to hook up with the Holy Ghost. There's nothing impossible to the man and the woman who knows how to get on their knees and get right into the Holy Ghost and pray in the Holy Ghost and intercede and break the thing. Come on and pray it through. Amen. Amen. 
Just pray it. I feel it. Just pray it through. But we people in church don't even believe that anymore. They, they, they pray. You can't even really get them to pray over their food at a restaurant. Let alone, let alone come, to, to come to church and pray or come to an all-night prayer meeting and just press in. Just press in. Just press in and call on the Lord because He promised us He would answer us. He promised us that He'd show us great things. He promised us that He'd show us mighty, show us mighty things. You'll, you'll have what you believe and if you believe it, then guess what? You'll go after it. Amen? Amen. You've got to get around people that believe in the impossible. Amen. And the Bible says they went to their own. They went to their own company. And we get insight on how they thought. We get insight on how they lived. Because the Bible says they begin to pray. Oh, <laughs> I can hear new people now. What's that? What country he's from? And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Acts 5.12 And by the hand of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Acts 8. 5 through 8. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with the palsies that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Hello, there was great joy in the city. The Bible says in Acts 8, 13, Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which he did. Acts 19, 11 and 12, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the disease departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. Think about how supernatural we are. Think about who we are. We don't even have, we don't even have to go to the person. All we got to do is just wear that cloth. And the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead gets into that cloth. And all you got to do is go lay it on that body. And if there's demons there, the demons come out. Hello? If there's any sickness and disease there, that power of darkness is broken just by the laying on of a piece of cloth. Oh, when you understand who you are, when you understand that you're the church of the living God, when you understand that the God you serve, he's not dead, but he is alive. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. And there's so many more. Romans, Romans 15, 19. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that Jerusalem and around about Iconium, I have fully preached the gospel. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of wisdom, of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, uh, spirit, uh, spirit and of power, that... Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
The Amplified says, in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power or proof by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers, the most holy emotions, and thus persuading them. <laughs> I mean, we can go on Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Truly the signs of the apostles were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And mighty deeds. Everybody say mighty deeds. Don't, do you, do you, are, you, are you getting the thread that runs throughout the word of God? There's so many more scriptures I could read to you. But do you understand? Listen, when God says something over and over and over and over and over and over and over, there's a reason. We, we are created for signs and wonders and miracles. Yes. Signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. But it starts when you got to make Jesus the Lord of your life first. Hello, amen. Then you got to come and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, when I got saved, listen, I, I shared with you the other night when I got saved. Listen, I was going to drive race car. That was my, listen, that was my dream. I mean, and I, I, listen, I confessed, I like going fast. I remember one time, my wife and I, I mean, Debbie had a Corvette. And I, I, was, I, boy, I was so tempted to buy it. She should have gave it to me. But I was thought so tempted to buy it. <laughs> I felt left out. You know, she's giving all this other stuff. She doesn't give it to me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and, no, I just, I love that. I, actually, I, I just, I, there's something, I just... I grew up around it. I mean, my grandfather on the back stretch of Talladega hit 211 miles an hour. I, I just, I love speed. <laughs> Maybe that's why I had five tickets in one year and they canceled my insurance. But, <laughs> oh, that must have happened. Did that just happen to you? Because I hear it is, is this your, is, is she just, she just nudging you. <laughs> that must have happened to you. <laughs> I, what's your name? I feel you. <laughs> I touch me. I, I, I feel you. Actually, didn't they? They canceled my insurance, and they they gave. I had to get this. I had to get this super expensive insurance. No, I, I had to. I, it was. It, it was. And I had to go to the ghetto to get it. And I, no, I'm, I'm. No, I'm serious. I did. I had to go to my, my wife. He's like, honey, where, where are we? Well. It's, it's the only place I can get insurance. <laughs> and I had to go get this insurance because I had five tickets, speeding tickets in just one year. That's not counting the ones I got out of. <laughs> no, I, I, but I just, you know, I don't have that kind of insurance now. <laughs> I, I, I calm down a little bit. But I love it. And so I didn't think, I didn't grow, I didn't grow up in church. Church. Church to me was boring because the few times I did go to church, I mean, it was just boring. It was, just, it was boring. Matter of fact, I remember I got in a big fight with my mother one time. I was like just a 10, a 10 years old. I was just a kid. And she took me to this Baptist church. My parents are Southern Baptists. And, and, and I didn't want to go because I, I went another uh, sometime before that. And then she, you know, got to go back again. I didn't want to go. I fought her. I fought in the parking lot. I don't want to go. I don't know people. First of all, they're all old people. I mean, they're all old people. I mean, I don't mean to be looking at you when I say that, you know. But <laughs> I look at you. I look at Kevin. They're all old people. <laughs> 
and it's boring. And there's some lady up there just playing this organ with all these pipes running out. And just it feels like a funeral. I, it was just. I didn't, I, it was nothing. No Holy Ghost there. And then we had to read out of a hymnal. I didn't even know what a hymnal was. No, we had to read out a hymnal. You know, I mean, I, it's just, I, I, I couldn't stand it. And I didn't ever go back. I never went back. I'm, I'm going to drive race cars. Then all of a sudden, you know, in, in my 11th year of high school, one of my, one of my friends who got saved because a, a revival broke out in, in in Louisville, Kentucky. A revival broke out with a man by the name of Jerry B. Walker had an eighteen week revival, and revival started hitting the, the, the area where I was lived, and my some of my friends started getting saved, and you know they started going to church, and Sean was one of them, and then next thing you know he's so radical, man. He's so, he's so radical. I mean, he he went to he he went to, he went from talking about girls to talking about Jesus, and then he then and yet he was going to make sure that I knew Jesus. And every day for three months, every day for three months, he'd come to me. Hey, Ricky, man, you know, you received Jesus yet? You know, if you don't receive Jesus, you're going to hell. <laughs> and he'd smile. And like I said the other night, I told him to go to hell a couple of times. But he just smiled, and I'd be and I listen. I'd be out doing things I shouldn't have been doing. I mean, because we because we, we, my group of friends not only was there alcohol and drugs involved, we all had fast cars. You know, I'm come from a racing family, and I had the fastest one. My car was never beaten. Matter of fact, my nickname in, in high school was Little Red Rick and his Big Red Rod because I had a big, I had a red, I had a red '67 Chevelle Supersport. Everything on it was high perform. Everything, was, everything. Yeah, it was the SS-67 Chevelle Supersport. Then I went from that to had a truck with a 429 Cobra Jet engine in it. <laughs> I mean, everything was just speed. And so that was my nickname. And I remember we're at this, we're at this bowling alley parking out looking for, you know, other people, you know, to look for a race. And I remember I'm, I remember I'm in this cloud. And, and it wasn't the glory cloud. <laughs> it was... It's another, it's another cloud. <laughs> I think it was like Colombian gold. And it was another cloud. And all of a sudden, here's Sean's face. And he said to me, Ricky, you know you shouldn't be doing that. What are you doing? You shouldn't be doing it. Man, you accepted Jesus yet. You know, if you don't, you're going to hell. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this guy? I even told my friend, Sean, he just, he's, 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 a, he's a religious nut. He's a, we call him a Jesus freak. No, he, that was, he, he was known for in school because when a revival hit, because it's an 18-week revival, he got he smacked. It was the same church that Colonel Sanders, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken? Same church that Colonel Sanders went to. And he got hit by the Holy Ghost, and he was the radical one. And some of the other kids fell off, but not Sean. He stayed radical. And he wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't let me go. No, he wouldn't let me go. And then, then, then we, we, I had to go to school, and then, then I got, you know, the semester changed, and I get put in the same class. No, I got put in the class, the same class I had for three years, and I got put, <laughs> I got put in the class. I, I flunked the class three years in a row. <laughs> I, 
said it, ninth grade, 10th grade, and 11th grade, same class. <laughs> anyway, it was a science class. <laughs> One year I flunked because there was this group of girls at the table, and I, <laughs> me and my friends took a couple of the snakes out of the out of the aquarium, and we, we come up to the girls, and we said, hey, girls, and we dropped the snakes on the desk, and the snakes went, they go, ah! Anyway, I got in trouble big time for that one, but <laughs> I think I flunked for that one, but so here I'm in this class, third, now, fourth year, third year, and Sean comes in, and the teacher puts him right beside me. I'm like, oh, and as soon as he sat down, he looked at me, Mickey and me, we're in the same class. And he smiled. He said, Jesus, yeah, that's what he always would lead with. And he'd give me one of those tracks that you have in the back, the trick tracks. And every one of those tracks, somewhere in that track, it shows a man falling off into hell. And that's how I got saved. And then, then I remember when the revelation came, I knew I was going to hell. And I'm like, I don't want to go to hell. I remember I said, Sean, I don't want to go to hell. And he looks at me and he smiled. He goes like this. <laughs> He knew he had me. He said, come to church with me. And, and, and I went to church with him and that night. I went to church with him on Thursday night. I went to church and it freaked me out a little bit because, you know, they started talking in tongues. I didn't know what that was. I thought they were foreigners. I said to him, I said, where do all these foreigners come from? He said, man, that's tongues. I said, what's tongues? He said, oh, don't worry. You're going to get it. I'm like, stop. Let me get safe first. Bring me along slowly. And, and I gave my life to the Lord. And I, and, and then, then, you know what, then, you know what, then I developed a, then Sean and I had this reputation in school. All my friends left me. Some of the ones used to come to me, I used to sell them drugs. All my friends left. I used to have long red hair. They, 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 now I'm the Jesus freak. Me and Sean are the two Jesus freaks in school. But you know, we made an appointment, we made it a point that we're going to lead, that we're going to talk to every, it was 2,000 students. We made it a point that we're going to talk to every student in school about Jesus. So I got saved. It was a Thursday night. So I got saved on Thursday night. So Friday night during school, he said, tonight, and I'm so, I'm so, I'm just so free. I feel so, I feel so free. I'm alive now. I was dead before. Now I'm alive. And he said, he said, man, he said, tonight we got an all night prayer meeting in my church. I said, what's that? He said, oh, you're going. I said, oh, okay. I mean, if it's something, I'm going. And I remember we're sitting there in the church and the pastor, there's only like a hundred people there. Pastor gets up and says, how many of you speak in tongues? I felt my hand go up, but I didn't put it up. <laughs> Sean put my hand up. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then the preacher, I did the, the, the preacher already saw my hand up. And it was me and some other girl. And he said, you two come up here. And I'm like, huh? So, okay, I'll go up there. And I remember I went up there, and they put two chairs down. And they, they, the preacher said, now you all sit here. So we sit in the chair. Then everybody got up and come around. And the preacher said, close your eyes. Lift your hands. Now I'm going to lay my hands on you. When I do, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you and you're going to start speaking in tongues. I'm like, I said, how do I do it? He said, you'll just speak. I'll just speak. And he comes and he lays his hands on me and the girl. And all of a sudden, the girl, and I'm like this. And all of a sudden, the girl goes, la, 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 starts speaking in tongues. And I'm like, how'd you do that? I mean, I like, what? And she starts speaking in tongues, and she gets up. Now everybody's come around. And then the pastor, he says, brother, just let it out. I'm like, 
Well, I want to, but what do I let out? He said, you just got to speak. I'm sitting the whole time in this chair with my arms up like this. And he said, you just got to speak. I'm like, what do I say? He said, just let it out. You won't understand it. I'm supposed to let it out, and I'm not going to understand it. I don't know what that means. He said, just speak, brother. I'm like, and I'm like this. I'm like, God, help me speak. And he looked at me. He said, look at me. And I looked at him. He says, just open your mouth and let it out. I opened my mouth and let it out. I was like. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. I feel like an idiot. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting with my arms like this. And I'm sitting and there's 100 people around me. I'm like. Because <laughs> I'm very literal. I'm very black and white. I'm very, I mean, my wife, I, 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 I'm just very detailed. I, I need. I'm just black and white. And so my mind just thinks that way. Okay. I'm very literal. So he says, open your mouth. And so I'm sitting there. And he said, brother, you just got to help God out. Just move your tongue. He said, help me. He said, help God out. Move my tongue. No, that's what I'm doing. And I feel like it is. Because I'm sitting here in this chair. A hundred people open my mouth, move my tongue. I'm, I'm and he said, he looked at me. So I, I don't know if he thought I was like playing with him or what, but I was very serious. He said, he said, you got to speak. I'm like, oh, hey. He said, you got to put words out of it. I'm like, oh, hey. Hey. As my mouth's open, moving my tongue. Oh, hey. Are you putting out on Facebook? Are you? Did you <laughs> He's filming me, putting it on Facebook. <laughs> no, but uh, you got to understand. I mean, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know what tongues meant. I didn't know what nothing. I didn't know what nothing meant. And I'm, but I'm taking. I'm doing what everything he tells me to do. I'm doing. Okay, open my mouth. Move your tongue. I'm doing it. He said, just speak. I, why? Hey. He said, just got to let it out. I don't, and I'm like, and I, I remember I said, God, please. He tells me to let it out. I don't know what to let out. And I think they, had, they thought they had a hard case because all of them come and put their hands all over me. They put their hands all over me. And I felt a guy, I'm like this. And a guy behind me, I heard him. He says, just let it out like that. And he hit me in the back. And it startled me. And I went, oh. And he goes, and as soon as I said, oh, they go, oh, that's it. That's it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what do I got? It startled me. What do I got? All I did was, it scared me. He goes, oh. I went, oh. And he said, that's it. You got it. Oh, 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 oh. I, I got it. <laughs> I'm serious. And then I was like, I knew I didn't have it because it's scary. It startled me. And then I remember I, I prayed, Jesus, help me. And all of a sudden, I felt I, I felt like coming out. It's like out of it's like out of your belly. You know, it's like that's where tongues comes from. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. But that's also where joy comes from. That's also where miracles come from. That's also where you preach from. 
That's where you do everything from. Because the ministry's in here. It's not on a piece of paper. That's why my wife and I and Debbie, that's why all over the world, we go all over the world, and revival breaks out everywhere. Why? Because it's in me. Signs and wonders are in me. Signs and wonders are in my wife. My wife's going to be doing a, a women's conference in, in March with Pastor Lou. So you, you got to come down there. What is the date? 13th and 14th. March 13th and 14th. And I remember the Lord's, I, I, I remember, I, I, I still remember the word. I still remember the word. This was in June, uh, June of 1982. I still remember the word. I remember I said, Hana, 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 Hana. And they're all like, you start clapping, ah, you're speaking in tongues. I'm like, Hana, that's all I said. Hana, 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 that's all I said, Hana. I've now found out that's a road in Hawaii. Hana, Hana, Hana. And I remember that night, oh yeah, we got, we got the, he got the Holy Ghost. Hana, 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 Hana. And I remember, I remember I said to myself, I can't forget this word. Hana. Now I remember that night, they, 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 said, now they said, we want to teach you how to pray. So they said, now, now you pray for this guy. He needs healing. And pray in tongues. So I remember I just did what they did. I laid my hand on him. I went, Hana, 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 Hana. And I remember I went home that night. And see, my, my mama prayed for me. Cause she, now, she's Southern Baptist. My mama prayed for me. And when I go home, we get, I get in about 2 o'clock that night. After the, church, after the prayer meeting, we went to, we had, you got to go to White Castle. Oh, I got to have White Castle. Oh, my, 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 my. Woo. And not like White Castle. Ma. Well, when you're younger, it's not like White Castle. You're right about that. You know, it's not. She's not like. In Kentucky, they call them rectum rockets. I mean, it's not. There's nothing like that. Do they got them, in, they got them up here, White Castle? Do you know what a White Castle is? Anybody know what White Castle is? How many know White Castle? Do you all got them up here? No. No? Tulsa had White Castle? No. Tulsa had White Castle? Man, I didn't know Tulsa had them, really? Okay. But I remember we stopped off at White Castle, and then I go home, and I come in, it's like 2 in the morning, I said, Mama! I said, last night I gave my life to Jesus. She goes, oh, sweetheart, I'm so proud of you. I said, but Mama, I said, tonight I went to a prayer meeting, and I got the Holy Ghost. Listen, Hana, 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 Hana. And I remember, I remember she like cleared her throat, she goes... Well, son, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's what she said. I'm like, well, she ain't got excited about it. And I remember I went and lay, I remember I went to my bedroom. It was painted. I had a dark blue, <laughs> had a dark blue bedroom with mirrors on the back, and I had a big ball hanging down, like like a you know a globe like the moon, you know, that I could hit up and swing. Because <laughs> I did it. Because when I used to do acid, I, I I could I had a little I had a, I would I can dim it, and I lay there and just. Swing the ball. <laughs> and it's amazing what you do when you're, when you're stupid and not saved and doing drugs. <laughs> and I remember I laid down and I said to myself, I can't forget this word. 
But you know what? I got saved on a I got saved on a Thursday night, filled with the Holy Ghost on a Friday night, and the next night after the prayer meeting, Sean and I was on the streets telling people about Jesus. And then the Lord supernaturally called me to preach. I didn't even, I just, I, was, I just remember I said, Lord, I don't want to go to school. I hate school. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to learn about math and all that stuff and English. And so I don't, I said, Lord, I want to go to a school where they teach the Bible. And I remember somebody tried to get me to go to the Baptist seminary. And I went there and I just didn't, I said, oh, no. I just didn't even feel right about it. And I remember I got a hold of this book. And when I got a hold of this book, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, go to that school. And it was a book. See, I got saved because I had a revelation of hell. It was a little mini book by Kenneth Hagin and had Rhema on it. I didn't even know how to spell Rhema. I thought it was Rhema. I'm going to Rhema. But I looked at the book. When I saw I went to hell, it was a red book, I heard on the inside of me, go to that school. So I went to I went to I didn't know who Kenneth Hagin was. I just knew what I heard. I'm going to this school because the guy at the school I'm going to, the guy went to hell. And I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. And then I went there the first night and he got up and at the orientation, he got up to speak and I didn't even like him. I didn't even like him. Not at all. But then, I mean, it just took, it just took a couple of days and then as he began to minister, I just fell in love with him. He became like my hero. But you know what? I said all that to say this. Then I entered the ministry. And the Lord spoke to me to go to a rescue mission, to preach at a rescue mission. And I preached at this rescue mission for three years. I couldn't even get any of the Bible schools. I, I think over the, the three years, I think I got like four students to go with me. They didn't even want to go because they was, you know, going to go, and, they were going to go do other stuff and pastor churches and do crusades, and, which none of them is doing any of that today. So I went to a rescue mission. I went to a rescue mission. That's all. I went to a rescue mission, and I preached at the rescue mission for three years. For three years, I preached the rescue mission. And you know what happened? Let me tell you what happened. Here about five years ago, I'm preaching at our church in Tampa, the river Tampa Bay. And I had like a mini, like a vision. I just got caught in time. And I saw my whole, li- I saw my whole life. And I saw my, listen, I saw myself preaching at this rescue mission. I, and then I saw the miracles and all the revivals. And I saw all the people, the, it was all the healings and the blind eyes that get open and, 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 and the tumors that fall off people. I've seen all that. And when I saw it all, the Lord takes me in this vision. It's like things, it was like I got caught in time. And he took me to the rescue mission. And I was like, it's like I'm there seeing myself preach. And you know what the Lord said to me? See, this is the importance of faithfulness. The Lord said to me, he said, here's what the Lord said after I come out of it. Now I'm back and the fire of God's hitting the place. And the Lord said this to me. He said, if you would not have obeyed me and gone that rescue mission. And I, he obeyed, he, I didn't hear an audible voice. I just knew in here I was supposed to go. He said to me, he said, if you would not have obeyed me and gone that rescue mission, he said, I couldn't use you today the way I'm using you. Amen. Understand the importance of faithfulness. Yeah. Some people get stuck and they'll never be promoted because they're not faithful. 
So you got to understand, remember I started off talking about this, about, I started off talking about we have to be kingdom minded. We're not of this world, we're of the kingdom of God. So we don't operate as this world operates, we operate as the kingdom of God operates. And the kingdom of God operates by faith, the kingdom of God operates by faithfulness. And if you, if you want to get promoted in God, then be faithful. If you don't want to be promoted, then stay not committed. Because, God, because there's a reason why He's faithful. God is faithful, therefore He looks for faithfulness. Well done, thy, what's He going to say to us? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen? Be, be, be faithful. Actually, let me just say this to you. If you, how many feel called to ministry? Raise your hand. If you feel called to the ministry in here, raise your hand. Okay, m- m- many of you. Of course, your Bible school better raise their hand. <laughs> Do you know some associate pastors, they, 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 they will never have a church? Because they're not faithful. Because the Bible says this. The Bible says, if you're not faithful with that which is another man's, God will never give you your own. And God will test you. I remember when I was associate pastor, my wife and I was, I had to drive a stinking school bus for two years. I hated it. I'm driving a school bus. A school bus. In New York, of all places. And I remember, I remember when I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Buffalo. And we're, I'm leaving four hours away to drive. And the Lord speaks to me, to me in an audible voice. And he says, this next church you go to, you, I want you to be the associate pastor. I avoided the pastor. And I remember we're having lunch. Pastor Rodney was there. We're having lunch. And I saw the pastor lean over and say something to Rodney. And then he, I saw him get up. And I knew he's coming to me. And he came over and offered me the associate pastor's job. I said, I'll pray about it. But I already knew to do it because I thought I was going to change the Lord's mind. No, I'm serious. I didn't want to be associate pastor. Then I, thought, oh, then I said, okay, Lord, I'll be associate pastor, but please, God, not New York. I'm a southern boy. Not New York. I, I, like, he, I like to play golf. Not snow golf. And you know what? But 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 I realized, and then I got willing and obedient. And and I remember I remember I prayed. I said, Father, I'm sorry, but you said that I won't eat the good of the land if I'm not willing and obedient. And I said, Lord, I, I get willing today, and I get obedient today. And I remember I called the pastor and said, We're coming. But you know what? Some of the greatest revivals we've ever had it was a result of the people that I met as being an associate pastor at that church. I, I shared the story the other night about. We said that we revival for three weeks that we got the $40,000 worth of advertisement free because they come and do a front page report on us. I mean, people from all over New England came. We had to move buildings. And yet it happened as a result because I met somebody, another minister, because I was an associate pastor. See, God, under, listen, let God, don't fight him. Just let God guide you and lead you. But you know the two years that I was there at the church? I was faithful. I drove a school bus like they asked me. A school bus. And sometimes I'd get the middle school kids, which were the meanest. But they thought they could pull. They, you know, they thought they could pull things over on me. But they didn't know I used to be a drug addict. They didn't know. 
I remember I, I'd watch some of these middle school kids get on the bus. I smelt it. I smelt it on them. I remember they tried to smoke dope on my bus. I knew exactly what they I'd pull the bus over and walk. I knew exactly. They couldn't pull nothing on me because I used to do everything they did. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord, took, the Lord said to me, you were faithful. And the Bible says if you can't be faithful with that which is another man's, God will never give you your own. Hallelujah. Amen. What's this have to do with signs and wonders? I don't know. I'm just following the Holy Ghost. These are Holy Ghost meetings. No, no, these are Holy Ghost meetings. And we're going to pray for people tonight. These are Holy Ghost meetings. But you have to be empowered. You have to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. Because it's God's purpose and God's plan that every single one of us operate in the power of God, because the gospel is not in word only. It comes in power, and it comes in demonstration. Amen? Religion has no demonstration, but we're not religious. Amen? We're not religious. And you know what? And you have, listen, you have, here's how demonstration happens. Number one, obviously you've got to give your life to Jesus. You've got to be washed in the blood. Because the reality is, here's, listen, here's the reality. The reality is this. You're not promised, you're not, you, you are not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. This life, this life is very short. And listen, and there's, there's, listen, there's some things going to be imparted to people tonight. But listen to me. That's why I'm even talking about this. There's some things going to be imparted to people tonight. And you and I, I hear on the inside, begin to expect the supernatural. Begin to expect signs and wonders and miracles. Begin to expect it. Begin to expect it. Hallelujah. But here's the reality. The reality is this. You're not promised tomorrow. And what happens when you close your eyes for the last time? There's only two places to go. There's a heaven, there's a, there's a heaven to go to. And there's a hell to shine. And hell's very real. But you don't hear much preaching on hell anymore. I was, I was witnessing somebody the other day and they said, well, I'm a good person. Well, I, I said, well, thank God you're good, but being good ain't going to get you to heaven. Well, I, I try to live right. I, I don't cheat. I don't steal. Uh, I'm a good person. But there's a lot of good people in hell. Because here's the reality. If you can go to heaven by just being good, then Jesus died in vain. Jesus died for one purpose that you could have life. Because understand something, Jesus didn't come here to start a church. Jesus didn't come here to start a religion. Jesus didn't even come here to give us some moral code to live by. He came for one reason. He came that we might have life. And that we might have life more abundantly. He came that you might have life. And here's the, and here, listen, and here's the real, listen, I listen still to this day, my mentor, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen, went to hell three times. I still listen to it to this day. Why? To keep myself eternity minded. Because hell is very real. I said to hell is very real. You know what? And it doesn't matter how much money you have. Guess what? Kobe Bryant just died. And he, had, he, 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 he was worth over $700 million. But if he didn't know Jesus, guess what? His money did nothing for him. He went right to hell. And that's the reality. He went right to hell. But I heard something the other day from a guy who I really trust. From a guy that, I mean, when he, he said to me, he said, he was, he was told that a few weeks ago 
Kobe, what's Pastor Rodney? He was told that Kobe Bryant two weeks ago was at some meeting, some prayer thing, and gave his life to Jesus. Yeah, gave his life to Jesus. You know, obviously we don't know what's the fact. I mean, we'll know when we get to heaven. But here's the reality. But the reality is this. Do you think he planned on dying? He didn't plan on dying. Not at all. He didn't plan on dying. He was, he was, he was going to help girls basketball. He didn't plan on dying. But guess what? And see, here's the reality. Now he's, now he's in eternity. This life means nothing to you. So what if even if you live 100 years in this life? It means nothing when, on the timeline of eternity. It means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And as Christians, we don't see death as the world sees death because the world sees death as, 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 a, as a separation. I mean, they're never going to see him again. But as Christians, we're to rejoice in death because the Bible says when we're, when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. Right? I mean, I can't, listen, I'll be honest with you, I can't wait to die. I look forward to death. No, because I'm, I'm stepping over into glory. No, I'm stepping into glory. I'm stepping into heaven. I'm stepping into glory. It's like when I go overseas. I remember before I went to Pakistan, we had 40,000 Muslims born again in three nights. I had crowds of 20,000 people a night. And I remember I had somebody say to me, a family member, well, you know, you could die. Those people, they're wicked people over there. They're evil. You could die. You know what I did? I went, die? Oh, no. Die? I mean, I'll go to heaven? Oh, no, not heaven. I was, they didn't see amusement in it. But they didn't understand that I can't wait to die. I can't wait to die. Because I'll step over into glory. I step over into my reward. I'll stand before my Father. And I'll be judged. I, and I, I, I get my rewards. My, my, do, you, do you realize how big my mansion is going to be? But do you realize how big yours is going to be? And then, I, then I'm going to receive, I'm going to receive crowns. You know the Bible talks about that if you're faithful in this life and you, do, you live like you're supposed to live, then you're going to get crowns. If you're a soul winner, you're going to get a soul winner's crown. Oh, hallelujah. I can tell this. Oh, come on, church. I, I, I remember when my, my grandmother died. My grandmother, she, she was my, my favorite. She was my grandma. I remember when my grandmother died. I, I remember we're in the hospital room, and I remember I said to my dad, who's, who's, he, he's born again, that's it. And I said, and my uncles and aunts were around. I said, Dad, let's just let Mamma, let's let her go home. Let's let her go. Just let her go ahead and go and go be with Jesus. Man, he thought I was, that's the wrong thing to say. Man, he, I got chewed out for saying that. I'm like, okay, stop. Okay. I, I. But you know what? I walked back into the room as she was in the coma. And I walked back in the room and I leaned down in my, it was just me in the room by myself. And I leaned down in my, my I called her Mamma. I get my Mamma's ear and I said, Mamma. This is Ricky, your favorite grandson. <laughs> and I was the favorite. And I said, Mamma, I said, go ahead and go home and be with Jesus. So I said, go ahead and go home and be with Jesus. Then I said to her, and I promise you, I'm not, I'm not making this up. Then I said to her, I said, Mamma, but before you go, I need you to do me a favor. 
when you see Jesus, tell him about all the money I need. <laughs> tell him I need billions of dollars for the advancement of his kingdom. Somebody said, did you say that? I said, yeah, she goes, she's getting ready to see him. That was been like eight years ago. I think she forgot. I think she got up to heaven and got into glory. <laughs> She's forgot. <laughs> She's forgotten, you know. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Let's get ready. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I see the hand of God on just own people falling here all over. And I, I even even got out of the introduction about signs and wonders, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? When my grandmother died, I tried to cry. I did. I couldn't. I, I, thank you. <laughs> Glad you tell me what I was doing. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I tried to cry. I couldn't. Every time I tried to cry, I'd laugh. And I look at my grandmother in I look at my grandmother in the in the coffin and I start laughing. I start laughing. But you know what? And it dawned on me. No, it dawned on me that I was begin to experience what she was experiencing. Because she's in his presence. In his presence there's fullness of joy. That's why don't ever be sad when, when, a, when somebody who's in Christ dies. Because here's the reality. It's just a temporary separation. I know I'm going to see my grandmother again. I'm going to see her again and I'm going to ask her why she forgot to tell Jesus about the billion dollars I needed for the ministry. <laughs> no, what I'm going to say, because I'm going to pray now. But understand the reality of life and death. So what you get fame means nothing. So what you get billions of dollars, millions of hundreds of millions. I mean, Kobe had it. It means nothing. Kate Spade died a few years ago. You know what? If she didn't know Jesus, she went right to hell. Very famous lady. Famous purses. But so what? Amen. This light, we're here for one reason. We're here for one reason. We're here for one reason, and that's to get people saved. Amen. Amen. We're here to get people saved. The greatest miracle you can ever have, and you're going to have blind eyes open, and you're going to have this, uh, but the greatest miracle is somebody that is translated from darkness to light. Yes. It's the greatest miracle there is. It's the great. Listen, let me just say this. Not everybody's called to the ministry. But everybody is called to tell people about Jesus. Amen. Everybody is called to tell people about Jesus. And you know what? And I was able, I was able to lead my grandmother to the Lord. I was able to lead my grandfather, who was my hero. I was able to lead him to the Lord. And I know they're in glory right now. My other grandmother, my other grandmother, she was 90-some years old. She was, she was in a nursing home because she fell. I mean, she was in a nursing home and and I went to see her. I just happened to be home. She's 92 years old. And Memo Lucy, I went to see Memo. I went to see Memo. And we're sitting there talking. I mean, she was in her right mind and stuff. And we're talking. And I said to her, because she was a Christian. She loved Lester Summerall. She was a Christian. 
And, and I said, Mamma. She goes, yes, sweetie. I said, just go ahead and go home and be with Jesus tonight. About an hour later, I, my phone starts ringing. And my mom called me. She said, Ricky, did you just go see your grandmother? I said, yeah. Did you just tell her to die? <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, she said, she said your mamma was calling family members. said, Ricky came to see me. He told me to go ahead and die. <laughs> I said, I said, I, I, I said, well, yes and no. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hallelujah! Isn't the Lord good? I, I'm going to pray for some people tonight. My wife and I. We're going to pray for some people, Pastor Debbie. But before you do, I want you to just close your eyes. Just everybody, close your eyes. Make no mistake about it tonight. God brought you here. I don't know who you are. I just know a couple of you. But here's the reality. The reality is this. This life is short. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. And the greatest joy in life, the greatest peace in, in life is to know that when you close your eyes for the very last time, and every single one of us are going to, some sooner than others. But here's the confidence that when you close your eyes for the very last time and death comes to your door, you know where you're going. The greatest peace in life is to know when this life is over where you're going. Church, there is a, there's, there's a, there's a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. And tonight I have three invitations for you. If you're in this house and you say, Brother Richard, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You talked about heaven. You talked about hell. You talked about dying. I, to be honest with you, I, 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 I want to go to heaven and I want to know where I'm going, but I don't know. Well, I want to pray with you tonight. If, you never, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to pray with you tonight. The second invitation is maybe you're here and you, you used to attend church or or you, you, you attend church, but you used to be on fire for God, but you've grown cold. Maybe you used to witness all the time, and you used to tell everybody about Jesus, but you, now you can't even remember the last time you told somebody about Jesus. You used to be on fire, and you used to go to all the prayer meetings, but maybe something happened in your life. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you lost a loved one, or something happened to your life, and you just went cold. But tonight, you want to rededicate your life. I want to pray with you. And the last invitation I have tonight is this one. Perhaps you go to church, but the devil's been lying to you, telling you you're not saved. But tonight, you want to make sure. I want to pray with you. Tonight, if that's you, all over this auditorium here tonight, any one of those three invitations to give Jesus your life, to rededicate your life, or to make sure, if that's you, I want you just to raise your hand right now. Say, Brother Richard, just pray for me. Just pray for me. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, sir, I see your hand. I see your hand up here in the front. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Just pray with me. I want to give Jesus my life. I want to know that I know that I know that I know that I know that when death comes to me, I know where I go. If you raised your hand, you don't have to raise it anymore. Is there anybody else? Pray for me, Brother Richard. Is there anybody here you did not raise your hand? You wanted to. You know you should have, but you didn't. Raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. Thank you in the back. Yes, anybody else? 
I'll tell you, the only, and we're still going to pray for people tonight, but anybody else? Forget about who you're sitting beside. means nothing. Anybody else? All right, I want everybody to look at me. If you did not raise your hand, you know you should have, and you did not raise your hand. You know you should have, but you did not. Raise your hand now. Anybody here? Anybody in this section here? You did not raise your hand. You know you should have. This section right here. You, you did not raise your hand. You know you should have. All right, here's what I want to do. If you raise your hand, I want you to stand up. I'm going to do just like I said. I'm going to pray with you. Just again, stand. Now, those of you standing, just come. Come down here to the front. Just come down here to the front. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name again? Alejandro. I'm sorry, what? Alejandro. Alejandro? Yeah. It's an honor to meet you. God's got a plan for your life. You know that? I see it on you. God's got a plan for your life. What's your name? Madison. Madison. That's a great name. God's got a plan for you. What's your name? Addison. Addison and Madison. <laughs> That's a great name. That's a cool name. I like that. Hallelujah. Because I know, I know the two of you. And what's your name, ma'am? Huh? And, and this is your first night here, isn't it? Yeah. You know God brought you here. Never the same. You're going to leave here tonight different. Now I want you to do something. Those of you that are standing up here, just, just know something. You're not coming here to join the church. You're coming here to join the family of God. And you know what? And we've all did this. I, I've done what you're doing out here. My wife did what you're doing. Debbie, your pastor, Monty, Pastor Don. We've all done this. And I know people think, well, what are they up there for? You know what? Here's you know the thing I've realized over the years. You know we think, well, what's people going to think? You know the reality is people don't even think. No, really, they don't even think. We think they think and they don't. But here's the reality: Addison and Madison and Alejandra. Here's the reality: you're going to leave here tonight, and you're going to know that you know that you know where you're going when you leave this world. Because you know what? We might not agree on a lot of things, but one thing that we all can agree on is that one day. We die. And the question is, what's next? And y'all securing it tonight. Y'all, y'all, you are making the decision tonight. You're securing eternity. How old are you? 18. 18. Man, I tell you, God's got a plan for you. Are you born and raised here in yeah. Oregon? Mm-hmm. God's got a plan for your life. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, in congregation, stretch your hands out to these that are standing up here. And I want you just to close your eyes. Those of you standing up here, just close your eyes, raise your hand. And I want you to, congregation, you pray with us too. And just pray loud enough so we can hear yourself pray. All right? Pray this with me. Say, Dear God, I come to you right now. I come to give you my life. You said if I would come to you, you would not turn me away. And I come to you now. I believe you sent your son Jesus. That he died for me. That he hung on a cross for me. That he went to hell for me. And he shed his blood. He gave his life. So that I might have his life. And tonight. I come to you. And I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all sin. I ask you to wash me in the blood of Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And I make this decision that I'll serve you 
all the days of my life. And I thank you for saving me. I thank you for giving me life. In Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to pray for you. Now, Father, I thank you for those that stand here. Lord, we seal them right now by the fire of the Holy Ghost. We seal them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that on that day when we all stand before you, Lord, I thank you that everyone that stands here today, they'll be, they'll be standing there on that day. And Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that we seal them by the Holy Ghost. We, we seal them in the name of Jesus and they'll, they'll not turn their back on you. They'll not backslide, but for the rest of their days, they'll serve you, they'll obey you. Yes. And Lord, I thank you that you have a great plan for every one of them. Yes. Lord, and I thank you that they'll walk in the plan and the purpose that you have for them. And Lord, we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm just going to come and lay my hand on you and pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your touch. Lord, I thank you for for Addison. Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Madison. Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Alejandra. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know what you just did? You 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 just received eternal life. You just you just gave Jesus your life. You just got washed in His blood. You know what you just did? You just received eternal life. You just know what you just did? You just received eternal life. You know what you just did? You just received eternal life. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Now praise the Lord. Gets to give them a hand clap, church. Praise the Lord. Now, Pastor Monty, do you have something to give them later? We've got something to give you. So after the service, we're going to give you some stuff. Amen. So praise the Lord. You can go back to your seat. Hallelujah. Whew. I tell you, the Lord is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going I'm I'm to pray for people tonight. Do you know, <laughs> you know, the Lord took me this, do you know, the Lord took me this, this direction? Do you know the the whole thing switched? You know the Lord took me this direction just for you, just for you all. This lady back here. Which I shift. I was going a whole other way, and the Lord led me into what I did just for you. Never the same, lady. Hallelujah! Because it's all about souls. You know, I'm going to pray for people now. But you know, a number of years ago. I was in a meeting with Dr. Rodney Hab Brown in 1995. My wife and I was there. One night, the angels began to sing. Pastor Debbie was there. The angels, listen, there's 10,000 people. The angels, you can go on YouTube right now and listen to it. Do you want to come up here and preach? No, it is awesome. <laughs> I know, I know them. I'm, I'm picking with them. Listen, the realms of God. But the angels, the angels begin to sing. Now listen, the angels, you can hear it. The angels begin to sing. But you also notice that night, there were so many preachers there, the who's who. and I mean, big, I mean, and there's this one preacher there. He said, he leaned over to my friend. 
If I was to tell you who the guy was, every single one of you here tonight would know who he is. Every one of you know him. Right in the height of the angels singing, he turned to my friend and said, I don't feel nothing here. Do you feel anything? See, the fire of God, if you don't have the fire, then you're really not fulfilling Scripture. That's why every Bible school student shouldn't be able to graduate unless the fire's on them. Because Jesus, listen, because the Bible says that when He comes, He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hello? He is a God of fire. He is a consuming fire. He answers by fire. It was the fire of God that fell on the day of Pentecost. Amen? God never intended for the church to not have the fire of the Holy Ghost. God never intended for the church to be void of fire. And why should we have any less today than they had 2,000 years ago? Amen? Come here, both of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll tell you the part. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've known her since she's a little bitty, bitty baby. I've been, oh, Father, I thank you. The moment I lay my hands upon you, the fire, a fresh fire is going to come on you. A fresh fire on the Holy Ghost. A fresh fire and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Father, I thank you. Just, just come stand up. Lord Jesus, just come here. Lord Jesus. Fire! The Holy Ghost. Never the same. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are they seeing each other? I thought so. <laughs> it's actually an awesome match actually Jesus thank you I'll tell you the fire of the Holy Ghost come here my sister I'll tell you the power of God's on you come here thank you Jesus never the same never the same just receive what God has for you tonight Father I thank you right now Whew. Jeez. Oh yeah, that anointing, that anointing. Oh yeah, that anointing saturates you. Oh yeah, oh that anointing saturates you. That anointing saturates you. Oh Rasta Televrain de Robasafra Banshis Televrebo Satai. Oh Rob, what's your name, ma'am? Come here, Sherry. Come here. Sherry. Come here, Sherry. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah never the same from this night oh mambre that same I just that same fire that fell upon me that same fire oh yeah oh that's it yeah go right in you Jesus now the power of the Holy Ghost the power of the Holy Ghost oh yeah yeah never the same <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pray for the three of you. Come here, can I, can I pray for you, yeah. sister? The, the Holy Ghost sister, sister Rondai, Shondai, Hindai. Come here. 
Never the same. Just, just come stand and make a line here. Hallelujah. Oh, never the same. Never the same. Never the same. I'm going to pray. God's going to increase your business. Increase. You're not just putting coffee into places in America, but all over the world. Because when God does something, it's not small. Big. It's time for the righteous to rise up and take over the markets. Not the wicked. The righteous. And when you were sharing with me last night, I just, I didn't want to say everything, but I just felt to tell you there's an explosion in your business coming. Get ready. And it's all for one reason, the glory of God. Because people are going to come and ask you how and why. All you're going to be able to do, God. He's a big God. He's a big God. But also, He's going to do something in your family. Everything's going to be all right with your family. God's got, He knows what He's doing. So you just be encouraged tonight. Just be encouraged. He's heard your cry. He's heard your cry. Father, I thank you. Mama, lay my hands upon you. It's released. Father, I thank you. And then, in the name of Jesus, from your head to the soles of your feet, fire of the Holy Ghost. Never the same, ma'am. Father, I thank you. I thank you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. In the name of Jesus. This lady has a coffee, the company all over. And you know what? And it is for you pastors. You know what? Let me tell you, just, let me just tell you that as Debbie was speaking, part of what she was speaking was for you, especially when it comes to finances. I'm telling you, get ready because you'll never lack another day in your life. The church will no lack. I see the building. I see the church. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know, I know you had that sermon you used to preach on big God, little devil. I was, when I was in somewhere just a couple weeks ago, I, I remember, because I got all these names, you know, the stupid names for churches. I know stupid names. I, I do focused church. Oh, what is that? Stu- what does that mean? Revelant and focused and new, new leaf and what? No, no, new leaf and, you know, green chair or whatever. Stupid names. I thought, you know what? I thought if, if I ever had a church, I think I would call it Big God Church. What's your name? Steve. Come here, Steve. Hallelujah. I know you're happy to catch, but 
Lord wants to touch you tonight. Lift your hands. Lord, I thank you for Steve. Just as soon as I saw you, look down at you. The Lord, never the same, Steve. Father, thank you. Jeez. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I, got, I got to say something to my new brothers and sisters here. Because we're in the same family. You boyfriend, girlfriend? <laughs> well, you're holding hands. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't need a word of knowledge. <laughs> Never the same. Here, let me help you. What's happening? The power of God goes into people. That's why they fall down. I didn't push them down. Never pushed anybody down. Never. All the, <laughs> I resisted the temptation a few times, but I never. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Thank you. Come here, this couple right here. Never the same. Get ready. Yes. Yes. It's for you, big God. Big God. Wouldn't that be a great name, Big God Church? How I many got all the, I mean, Big God Church? What church you go to, Big God? Where? What is that? Big, he's Big God. Big God Church. Can you imagine that billboard? People drive by. Big God. I mean, one thing's for sure. We'd be bragging on him. We'd be letting the people know who he really is. Amen. Big God. Big God Church. Now, Lord, it was just an example. An evangelist. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Praise the Lord. How many, let me ask you, how many of you you're here tonight and you say, Brother Richard, I need a fresh touch from heaven. I, I feel like I've been in a desert for a long time. I feel like I've been in a, and I need a fresh touch from God. If that's you, stand up. All right, all right. <laughs> this, is, this is why you get in another church this is why you get in another church in the name now I have to tell you this Sunday night we're having a special anointing service Sunday night so last night Sunday night we're having a special laying on hands anointing service we're going to everybody with oil you don't, want, you don't want to miss Sunday night you don't want to miss Sunday night hallelujah praise the Lord honey do you have anything you want to share do you have anything you wanted to call some people pray for some people Huh? I've been laughing ever ever since. <laughs> ever since Houston. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so there we're excited because our pastor's gonna come, right? We maybe had five or sprinkles of people. So we're gonna go pick him up at the airport <laughs> so we get in this. So we get in this Cadillac, and there's four of us, and, and Andretti here. <laughs> and so, you know, our pastor doesn't like for you to be late when you pick him up. Traveled all over the world, and we're going to honor him, you know. And we're just excited that he's going to come. And, and so he takes off to go to the airport. Well, there's two airports in Houston. <laughs> there's Houston Hall. Houston International. So he gets taken off and then the secretary tells 
Then he's going to the wrong one. Well, no, you we know. Okay, and we pull up to the one and we're like looking for him. And we realize it was the wrong airport. <laughs> and you know, in Dallas and in Houston, the traffic. Oh, it's just so loaded up. Well, this guy is, you got to experience. I called riding with him is like a Bush Gardens ride. <laughs> he was trying to get there on time. So <laughs> the plane was delayed and then he walks out and he's got his bag and it was like we were there all the time, you know, <laughs> but all of us, our faces were like this. Put the pedal to the metal. And then the other thing was we were going to go buy him one pair of shoes. And so we took him to the where they had eel and ostrich and all these skins, you know, these million-dollar shoes, right? He gets in there, and he's loving it. <laughs> one pair fit him. <laughs> another pair fit him. <laughs> and then three <laughs> So we were just like. Okay. <laughs> we just want to bless you. <laughs> but it was just really funny. So I was just been giggling the whole service just about. <laughs> because you, you have fun with the people of God, you know. And you've joined a beautiful family, you know. And you have fun with your family. And then that joy just comes up. And, you know, and, and he had a drinking problem. Well, I had a drinking problem. And so, but it was the counterfeit for the real. And so when you know what God really intended for you, it's so easy. You know, wasn't it easy? <laughs> So it, I just really wanted to share that. So I know that, that the Lord's going to be touching you in different ways. And as you grow in the things of God and, 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 you know, he's going to give you the desires of your heart and it's going to be beautiful. So here's a good place for you to come. Amen. Amen. Actually, the airport was, it was an hour away and he was, uh, and he was coming in in 20 minutes. You know what I said? To, Debbie was in the car. Debbie, myself, my wife, and uh, some other, two other people. I, you know, I said, put your seatbelts on. No, I did. I said, we are going to get there on time. We will not be late. It was an hour away. I was on time. I buried the needle. <laughs> Somebody says, <laughs> Somebody says, you, well, you went over the speed limit, but you know, God gets out when you get past the speed limit. And I said, yeah, I was going so fast, I found out the devil gets out too. <laughs> he got scared. He got, he, he got scared. He got scared, you know what I mean? He got scared. And it was so funny because we said, let's buy him some shoes. Alligator shoes. Alligator, twelve fifteen hundred dollars, and we have a budget of twenty thousand, and we got five people in the meeting, and two of them were kids that got mad because they just started to learn to play instruments, and they thought they was going to be doing praise and worship all week, and then we said no, and then they left. Because we had real praise and worship filling every ward. 
My friends just didn't even come. At least her friends came. But you know why they didn't? You know why? Three churches said they're going to support the crusade. But you know why they didn't come? Because they thought we was going to start a church. So they didn't even come. We wanted to start a church. Yeah, we go to buy your pair of shoes. He said, oh, I like those. Oh, he said, I like these too. I'm like, and and I, remember, I remember I'm like, it was one pair. Then it went from two to three. How many pairs did we ended up doing? Was it three? Talking about being stretched. I remember I said, well, Pastor, I'll buy the one pair. Debbie's buying the other two pair. <laughs> But you know what? But you know what? Here's the thing. We were pressed on every side. But that's exactly what God loves. God loves that. Because God, God, God wants us to be in faith. God wants us to be in faith. No, God wants you to be in faith. No, no. God wants you to be in faith. No, God wants you to be in faith. No, God wants you to be in faith. No, God wants you to be in faith. Do you know how you know if it's not if it's faith or not? Because if you can come up in your mind how everything's going to work, then you're not in faith. But if you st- if you sit down on a piece of paper and get your points, point one, two, three, four, all these are going to happen. It'll, it'll take place. That's you. But you know how you can tell if it's you're in faith and it's God because you sit down and take a piece of paper out and try to figure out how it's going to come to pass. You just go ah! It freaks you out. <laughs> Lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now for those that are standing here. Lord, I thank you for a fresh, fresh fire. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. A fresh, a fresh, a fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. A fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Father, let that anointing fall in this house. Now, in the name of Jesus, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you don't, if you if you're not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, in the name of Jesus, just lift your hands, close your eyes, open your mouth, move your tongue. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what I want to do. I just feel tonight, I'm going to do this. My, I'm going to have my wife and I and Pastor Debbie. Well, so I, I want the four of you, five of you standing. Come here. You all, you all stay standing. Come here. You five stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you guys grow up in church? You did. Oh, you did. Madison and Addison. How old are you? How old are you? 18. Okay, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's an awesome man right here. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Now, you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues tonight? So you get a whole other language. And you pray that only God, it's just between you and God. I'm going to pray for you. But first, we're going to pray for you. And then we're going to pray for you all too, standing. Just lift your hands, those of you up here. Fresh fire. Come, come Pastor Debbie and Ron to come. Come over here. Come. Just lift the moment we lay our hands upon you. That anointing is going in you. Receive it. Right here. Just receive it. Come. Receive it. The fire. Oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the fire of the Holy Ghost. Shakarabasista. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Now we're going to start. We're going to come back up here. We're going to start but in the back. The four of you in the back come. We're going to come this way. But listen. When the moment hands are placed upon you, it's a point of contact. Receive. The moment hands are placed upon you. Listen, and there's no service tomorrow, but Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, and then Saturday night, 6. Come. You don't want to miss. Hallelujah. Is that right? 10 o'clock Sunday morning? Is that right? No, no. not well, can't. No, I can't. Not, your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands. Come, Pastor Debbie, Rhonda. Lift your hands. Come with all three of us. Lay our hands on them. In the name of Jesus, never the sun. Oh yeah, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you went from you went from darkness to light today. You went from darkness to light tonight. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Jesus name. Never the same. Jesus name the, the fire of the Holy Ghost a fresh oil from heaven a fresh oil from heaven a fresh oil from heaven fresh oil from heaven fresh oil from heaven that's it Sherry have some more that's it a fresh oil from heaven huh yeah you you did, did she go to y'all's church huh you should be a good drinker. Sherry, I bet you was a good drinker before you met Jesus, wasn't you? Now the others, others standing up. The rest of you standing up. Come up here. We're going to pray. Come. The rest of you standing. We'll make room for you. Hallelujah. We'll make room for you. Ha, Rabashista. Oh, Rabashista. your hands father you know big breakthrough big breakthrough big breakthrough big breakthrough 
big breakthrough. Oh yeah, a big big breakthrough. Oh, big breakthrough. Oh yeah, big breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, what is it that you desire right now tonight? More of God. And what about yourself? I, the Lord wants to use you. Have you ever spoken in tongues? You want to speak in tongues tonight? Do you, do you speak in tongues? Okay, I'm gonna pray for you. What's your name again, hon? Pat. Pat. And here's what I want to do. No, 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 but get ready because when the infilling of the Holy Ghost comes, it won't be a drip anymore. It'll be a, it, it, it'll be a Niagara Falls. The moment we lay our hands on you, we're going to pray. Now, here's what I want you to do. Pat, right? Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to, you don't have to do like I did. But, okay. But here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to stand here and do like this. The Holy Ghost ain't going to come take your tongue and move it. But you just got to speak it. You just got to let it out. I know it sounds generic, but that's how it happens. You just got to let it out. It, it might sound like gibberish. Do you speak any other language besides English? Okay. Okay. Well, no French. No French. No French. No, 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 no. No, we, we, monsieur. No, no, no. No French. Just, it's going to flow right out of your belly. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. Lift your hands, close your eyes. Father, I thank you for Pat. Now you got three Holy Ghost preachers laying hands on you. Not just one, but three. Father, I thank you for Pat. The moment we lay hands upon her, Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, she's washed in the blood of Jesus. Lord, she's, her name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Lord, she desires to be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And Father, I thank you the moment we lay our hands upon you in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God comes on you, begin to speak. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just go ahead and speak no thank you Jesus just let us begin to speak yeah there go ahead speak you speak. Oh, Rabarista de Brabakita de Bocota Brabanjiste Vrebacata Roboshusta. Oh, Rabanji Frebasiste. Nevrebasiste. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you all came here tonight. I'm so glad you guys came. You're glad you came too? Addison and Madison. That's pretty cool, you know. Addison and Madison. Lift your hands. We're going to pray for you. Three of us are going to pray for you. Father, Alejandro, Lord, we thank you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, touch him tonight. That the fire of heaven, Jesus' name, the fire of the Holy Ghost, never the same. And now that's it, goes right in him. Father, we thank you. The fire of the Holy Ghost, in the name, oh, yeah, that's it, Madison. Oh, yeah. Father, we thank you. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Let's pray for them. We didn't forget about you. Lift your hands. It's awesome, isn't it? Lift your hands. Father, we thank you. 
Father, we thank you. Come on, Debbie. Jesus. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. A fresh oil. Jesus. A fresh oil. A fresh oil. A fresh oil. Hey. Hey. Just you know, go pray for everybody in the chairs. Go, go, lay, go lay your hands on. Go pray for everybody. Come on, go. Pray for everybody. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on Faith Life Church for a little bit. Fire! Fire! Fire of the Holy Ghost! Jesus! The fire of the Holy Ghost! Jesus. Oh, Rabashista. Oh, Rabana. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Never the same. Lord, give them a miracle. Jesus' name. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This, this was better than some nightclub, wasn't it? Or some, I don't even know what the kids go to these days. A rave house or something? What do they go to? What do kids go to these days? Bowling club. That's a better than the movie. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Where's Pastor Debbie? Hallelujah. Just pray for Oh, Rabba Shista. Oh, Rubashista, Ripasista, La Borofana, Pobashista. Hallelujah. Jesus, my friends. Jesus. 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 Oh, yeah. In the name of Jesus. Sherry. Sherry, baby. Sherry. Lord, I, I, I know her uncle. I'm good friends with her uncle. She needs a double dose, Jesus. I know her uncle. Do you know I saw your mom just here a few weeks ago? You know, she came down to Florida. I talked to her a couple of times. She's back in Florida, isn't she? And you're up here. It's awesome. I'm so good to see you. 
Hallelujah. No, you got your drinking, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just let that flow out of your belly. Oh, Jesus. Honey, I thought you was up here. I thought she was up here. I thought she was up here. Jesus. Oh, yeah, the... My, it goes right in you. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm going to let them pray for her. Now I'm waiting. I'm going to pray, but I feel it that Pastor Debbie's going to lay her hands on you. Never the same. You just, you, by the Holy Ghost, you're going to. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Ho! Oh, hallelujah! Shakarabashistelevakita. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Praise the Lord. Man, I... Listen, I I know a lot of things are happening. You don't need to fight it, sister. Just go let that in. Just let that flow. Just let that flow. I'll start singing to you. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I listen. I, I cannot tell you all tonight just the joy that's in my heart. Just that's just telling Pastor that what. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He just got what? Is your in the back? Your back? All right. Well, we'll, we'll deal with it right now. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for total healing. Jesus. Oh, yeah. From the, oh, yeah. In the name of Jesus. Whew, that anointing right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whew. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I, I'm going to say, especially the Bible school students here. But, you know, and I said this, I don't know, the other night, but for, and for, every, for every pastor, listen to me, for every minister, 
this building is not here to accommodate people. The building is here to accommodate the Holy Ghost. And when ministers learn that, that it's not just about the Holy Ghost. But then as a minister, as a minister, you're not to be aware of the people. You're to be aware of the Holy Ghost. And the perfect example tonight, I was just telling pastor, is that the Holy Ghost took me. I was going in a whole other direction. But I can tell you, I was standing right here when the Holy Ghost spoke to me just as I was ministering. And I went the direction I went for a reason. Because, the, because I was aware of what the Holy Ghost was doing. Because there's some things he wanted. Listen, I could have been stirred. No, I'm doing signs and wonders. No, no, you got to follow the Holy Ghost. These are his meetings. They're his meetings, not my meeting. They're his meetings. And as a result, we got we got some new family members tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Where's, where's my wife? She get translated? <laughs> if the rapture happened, we're all in trouble. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I tell you, the Lord is good. Isn't the Lord good? Have you been blessed tonight? Hallelujah. I almost wish we had a service tomorrow now, but there is no service tomorrow. And uh, But then Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. And then Sunday night at 6 o'clock, a special anointing service. Laying on, we're going to anoint you with oil. special laying on anointing service Sunday night. I haven't done one in years, but the, last night the Lord told me to have one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 oh my hallelujah Rhonda help me Rhonda help help me Rhonda I don't know if there's any songs oh yeah Delta Dawn <laughs> there you go huh what's that flyer you have on yeah I forgot you were back there come up here hon I don't know. Here's my wife. Come in. No, you're never the same. Come here. Thank you for playing the piano. Come here, Pastor Debbie. Come here, Rhonda. We appreciate you. Thank you for, thank you for playing. It's awesome. Lift your hands. Lord Jesus, come on, Pastor. Put your hands on her. Lord, we thank you for your touch. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Hallelujah. Whew. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I'll tell you the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. You know, thing is so, what's a blessing to me is just also the connections that's being made. You know, I mean, you all didn't know that just two hours away, you had another Holy Ghost person right down the road from. So sometimes we think we're isolated, but we're not. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Debbie, isn't it awesome that, you know, sometimes you think you're isolated because you've got the only Holy Ghost church, but just two hours away, there's just another Holy Ghost church, you know. In the same school. What year did you graduate? What year did I graduate? 89. Okay. 87, he was 85. I was 85. I was before you. <laughs> 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 Those last. He says the last, the best for last, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You guys, the three of you, you so blessed me tonight. I mean, I told Pastor, it was the highlight of the week. You all, you three of you coming. I even look at your faces. You should pull out your, you should look at yourself in the mirror. I mean, you're just glowing right now. Look at them glowing. Just look at them glowing. Just look at them glowing, Pastor. It's just glowing. It's a shine about you. It's the glory of God. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's the new life. You, you, you got a whole new nature now. Got a whole new nature. There's a Bible school. Yes, there is one Bible school close. Two and a half hours away. Is it two and a half hours? Two and a half hours away? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anything else you want to say tonight? Praise the Lord. Pastor Debbie, anything you want to say tonight else? You want to say anything else? Come. No, when Rhonda came back up and was talking about, you know, some of the other fun things in Houston when we all did that joint meeting, I just was aware of something else. We can't talk about it all, but really hell came against us all from so many different directions. Probably the biggest press I've ever been in. But what, what Richard said tonight about being faithful not a person in Houston knew what any of us were up against. And we had outstanding anointing, and the crowds did build, and to have that budget met. But, but the only thing I wanted to say with it is you kept, by the Holy Ghost stressing tonight, faithfulness. We're all still here because of the touch of God, and there's nothing to go back to. Nothing to go back to. And as we continue to press in for all that heaven has, this is just the beginning. And the Northwest shall be set ablaze in Jesus' name. I think what's so amazing is, is that we have such joy. And, you know, because the hell will come against you. You know, if you're not in a battle, get ready because one's coming. And so God's preparing you tonight to get filled with his spirit because opposition will come. And when resistance come, then your strength and you start to grow up in the things of God. And so we have a tremendous joy in the midst of a lot of trauma. There was a lot of stuff that went on. And, and you wouldn't real, you know, it was as if, you know, when we go into churches, um, it, just flips a church upside down and everything that's under the carpet it's lifted but we were doing our own and everything was lifted you know so everything that wasn't nailed down was coming out and that i I gotta say this (laughs) now listen a friend of mine who i trusted 
he said, man, a buddy of mine here is here. He's a prophet. Can he say something? Well, I, I just, oh I was like, okay, okay, I just, I let him. I mean, there's five people there anyway. I just let him. <laughs> and he gets up and says, he wanted to pray for the three of us, Debbie, myself, and, and Rhonda. So he comes to my wife and says, he was such a flake. He's supposed to be a prophet. I see you going through traffic with a, holding a pie in your hand. Strawberry. Strawberry. Walking through Dillard's. Walking through Dillard's. I'm like, what? Then he, comes, then he comes to me and he goes, you're a sweet man. I'm like, what? I don't want to knock him out. <laughs> then he comes to Debbie. Then he comes to Debbie. She's got a pie in her hand. I'm a sweet man. The Lord tells me, you're going to get a jet. And you're going to have this jet. And I'm like, I'm a sweet man. You got a pie and she's getting the jet. It was so ridiculous. I'm like, who let him up there? <laughs> usually guard the microphone you know and so anyways but it, it was a lot of first there at that meeting but it was powerful and you know what really stood out was there was a lady from um grenada do you remember the lady from grenada from um from the church there in texas out of it was bob bob nichols church and he had planted a church in grenada and her she had lost her husband and so she found she was just staying at the hotel while she was going back and forth to pastor bob's church because she was a missionary out of his church and her husband had just passed away well she found out about the meetings and it was like total healing for her it was just like so supernatural that she was just brought into that meeting so a lot of things were taking place like that but there were a lot of things in the background too taking place <laughs> But but joy comes in the morning, and we're just joying about it, you know, because it's just so funny. And that was so many years ago. And um, we need to do another one. <laughs> we, need to do another one. <laughs> we need to do another one. Yes, that, it, it's very exciting, though. Because night after night, as you all have experienced, night after night, different waves of the anointing come in. And different things are happening. So it's just very supernatural because you don't know who's going to show up. And you don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to orchestrate what he needs to get to each individual. So you're just, you know, you're waiting in anticipation of what he wants to do. But he's going to do it. And at the end of the night, everybody's received everything that they have need of. And so it's so powerful. So you have to take this out. You know, you're a container now and you have to take it out of the four walls and you have to, you're set free by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And as you begin to testify, that's when then it starts to flow. So we begin to testify about that experience in Houston and that same anointing that was there in those meetings that was setting all of these situations free and loosing things and revealing things and taking off things and people that were in wrong positions they had to go and people that were hooked up they had to leave you know because the fire 
is cleansing and the fire burns out all of the junk. And so you attach things, attach themselves onto you. But when you get under the anointing and the fire of God, you become a changed person and those things leave you and you're glory to glory to glory. So each night we've experienced a different measure of God's glory and different uh, attributes. It's kind of like a diamond. You know, if you hold a diamond and you just, there's all of these different reflections that are happening. Well, that is the spirit of God in in our presence in our midst he's revealing himself in so many different ways to each person the way they need to experience his love his joy, his peace, you know, you'll pray for one and it's just peace. You'll pray for another. It's this exuberant joy. You'll pray for another. It's just a different flow and it's so wonderful. So whatever your hunger level is, you keep yourself stirred up. He says that you stir yourselves up in your most holy faith. And so he will meet you at the level of your hunger. And it's so beautiful. And some of you by Sunday night, you're going to have to be carried out of here because God never leaves. If you're hungering and thirsting, he will fill you up and he won't just fill you up. He's going to let you run over because it's tangible, transmittable, transferable, and he's going to smear you. <laughs> I'm going to preach your messages, girlfriend. <laughs> So he smears you with his anointing and it's so awesome and so powerful. So just keep, you know, that as you feel his presence, just go home with that. Just, you know, cultivate that, you know, think on, think on him and allow that just to stay on you and you'll be experiencing that joy and you'll get with somebody and then it'll just bubble up out of you. You know, people get, uh, in the most opportune times, in the most unusual places, the power of God will come on them. And so be ready. You'll be on the job. You might be in the bathroom. You might be at the store, at the checkout, you know, where we're a lot of times on the airplane. How many times have you been out of a service and go on the airplane and the joy just starts erupting on the airplane and you brush up against the stewardess and she's just laughing. Richard, he was trying to rent a car and the lady couldn't quit laughing. She had to like excuse herself, you know, and she can all embarrass, but it's the power of God. So he, he wants to to just flow the greater the work in you the greater the work through you so we're going to get the job done we're going to reach this community for jesus and he's he's getting you fired up he's getting you equipped so that you have so you can go and tell amen but if yeah the northwest shall be shaken but yes hallelujah hallelujah you know um uh one thing too is, you know, you all have a testimony to tell. And we were saying this in the beginning when Pastor Debbie was sharing and, and, and you know, Brother Richard, there's an anointing on your testimony too. So when you all start sharing with other people, what did you experience tonight? What the Lord did for you? And you'll start to feel this warmth that comes on you. Because every time he would talk last, last several nights and share and minister, my hands would get super hot. That's how the Lord uses me too. But so that heat, that anointing, that fire of the Holy Ghost will, you, you'll start sharing with your friends or maybe family members and that will come on you. And that's the Holy Ghost because 
as she was sharing there in the book of revelation talks about, and they overcame him. That means us, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So maybe you just have been into the kingdom of God here for just a short period of time, but guess what? There's an anointing on your testimony to share. So that's what you want to do is you want to go out and start sharing. And like they were saying, invite people to come because you know, that's the way they flow. That's their assignment. And that's the way they flow. And we can receive from every person that takes their assignment seriously, but they still have fun. And you know what? That's what the Lord wants to do through each and every one of us. We're all called to do what God's called us to do. Mark 16. We, those are the, these signs shall follow them that believe those signs will follow you. But well, I do want to read here this, this really quick because, uh, you know, we had kind of all hell break loose against us before these meetings started. And we've been lifting these up in prayer for weeks and it's not to glorify the devil, but you just got to recognize the Bible says that lest the devil take advantage, lest Satan take advantage of you. We can't be ignorant of his devices. So we got to know who's doing this. It's like, why am I having everything come against me? Well, it says right here, and I'm just going to read this because I'm not, I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying this can happen. Okay. But first Peter four and verse 12 says, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. It's like, why is this stuff happening to me? The devil doesn't like you getting filled with joy and getting refired for the Lord, revived by the Lord or born again. Okay. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Okay? That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So when you're like, well, why is this stuff happening to me? We had all three of our cars not start. We had to go get one of our cars fixed. And it cost us a lot of money. We're like, we would just laugh and we're like, well, Lord, you're going to take care of that. The devil's not going to keep us down. He's not going to stop us from what God's calling us to do and what's happening. And there was other things that took place. So we're just like, oh, no, the Lord's going to take care of that. Because so, we recognized who was doing it. So you just, the devil's under your feet. You've got the power to overcome. Remember, you've got the power to overcome. And you just say, well, you know what? Devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for working everything out for my good, for taking care of all my needs. I cast all my cares upon you because he, you care for me. And you're like, well, how do you pray like that? You just talk to him like I'm talking to you. Just say, Lord, help me. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me. Thank you for the greater one lives on the inside of me. And you know what? All things are subjected to you because the devil is afraid of you because of Christ is in you. So hallelujah. <laughs> what you watching over there? <laughs> so hallelujah. Well, we love you all. God bless you all. Um, and, uh, you know, just avail yourself. There's some free handouts downstairs and a tracks downstairs. And I think there's still some refreshments. Is there some Peggy? Where's Peggy? Oh, there she is. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry to bother you. Um, but if you want to, you know, and there's a water fountain there in the back, but if you want to just grab a snack or something on the way out, we, you know, go ahead and avail yourself at 10 AM. If you don't already have a home church, if you're here visiting, we'd love for you to come back. Um, go be at your church on Sunday morning though, but 6 PM on Sunday night and, uh, bring a friend, bring a family member, bring your neighbor, bring a coworker, bring somebody who's in need and bring somebody who needs Jesus in a big, big way. Amen. Anybody else want to say anything? Okay. All right. Well, God bless you all. We love you and have a blessed night's rest. Hallelujah.